start doing the like, are we ready to start thing? I <laughs> but I guess as long as he has his mask on, here we are. <laughs> and there's nothing revealing out. Then we I need to start like we need to have like a place in the dock where we could just like put little bits that we're doing. Like once, like maybe like one of us has a map behind us, and we're like, and that's how we get all of the money. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, you've seen the. Oh, I don't know if you have. My server has <clears throat> the profile picture. Like my Discord server has a profile picture that's Charlie Day from Always Sunny. Oh where yeah. He's like pointing at the map, and it's like all it's like, like tape crazy. And... <laughs> yeah, we've used it's literally that. that. We've used that for uh, this Instagram post. It's. It's a classic it's meme. Fun. Anything yeah. with Charlie Day is fantastic. Oh yeah, it's always sunny. Is probably my second favorite sitcom of all time. Really? Behind Community. What's the se- What's the first one? Okay, Community. obviously, yeah. I should have known that. Yeah. Six seasons and a movie, baby. Dude, yeah, but it's always sunny. It's also incredible. I always wanted those two shows to cross over. I think it would have been effective and cool. Like, How would that even work? <laughs> I I have a spec script somewhere. Like. You could find find like an E pluribus anus flag in yeah. like the background of a shot at the bar yeah. or something. And always sunny. Uh, D- D- Jeff and Dennis have to have a psycho off. Uh, <laughs> I, D- I can see that. Word. Oh my god! Troy, Troy uh, and Rob are definitely doing karate together. Frank like... meets Frank meets um Pierce. What's it? The yeah Pierce, dude. <laughs> what? Surely should be in love with Frank. Like. <laughs> Like, I, I cannot believe you guys actually thought of all this. Yeah, like, are, that is that is ridiculous. Yeah, I appreciate it though. Yeah. Um, all right. How was your week? Did we start? Yeah. Oh, we did start. Yeah. No, we're recording. Okay, but week Good. was decent. Yeah. yeah. How's um, doing? This is weird now. God say, damn uh, it! <laughs> intro music. God damn it! <laughs> so, um, disclaimer before we get started: I've been sick this week, so if my voice sounds silly or if I sound louder or quieter than usual, I can't really hear all that well. The, ba- the bass is gone from my hearing, so just um, so you know. I'm gonna Goodness. go in and pitch change every second of dialogue you have, so you sound like <laughs> just a just to throw everyone off. Like. <laughs> Yeah, it'll be like a uh, Rick Astley edit. Yeah. Never gonna hit those notes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we can go. Let's go with the news this week then. Um, starting with the albums. Well, it's really, three there's EPs. right. Yeah. We have Redville, who actually just had his 19th birthday recently. Yeah. Um, he's been on my radar for the upcoming artists, and his last album was phenomenal. I am. Excited I've been. To see. I've been checking him out. Yeah. No, yeah. Redville's really cool. He's impressed me yeah. a lot. Um, we also have Meek Mill. There's been a bunch of music videos dropping recently. Um, all of them are like called Too Much Motion, Episode 1 or Episode 2, or something like that. And I believe an EP is coming out for it. That's real weird. So I'll take it, I guess. And then the last one, which I'm most excited about, Swizz Beats. Hip Hop Volume dropping... 2. Hip Hop 50 yes. Volume 2. Did you listen to Volume 1 last year? I did not. I oh, I listened to it, dude. I it it was incredible. Yeah, it was uh it had Little Wayne, Slick Rick, Rhapsody, uh Run the Jewels, Joey Badass, they were all on it. Mhm. 
So, so I, I'm excited. Yeah, no. <clears throat> to see was, what comes because like the features always come hard. Yeah. So far, what's been confirmed is Jay Z and Lil Wayne, and I can only imagine yeah. they're all going to be at that tier. Yeah. No, it's it's insane. I'm very excited for this. Mm-hmm. I was a big fan of uh, of Volume One last year. I think it was on my. If it wasn't on my honorable mentions, it was like one I took off for the golden nugget. Okay, makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jasper, do you know anything about Swiss Beats and yeah. any of the other stuff? Not super familiar, no. No, yeah. Yeah. Well, hip hop is turning fifty this year, or was it last year? One of the two. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Which is weird to think about how yeah. far we've come. <laughs> it's weird. It's weird how, like, long it's been and also, like, how young it is, right? Like, mm-hmm. movies are another, like, very recent art form, and they've been around for 100 years. Right. You know? Photography's been around for 200 years, you know? Theater's been around for 2,000 years. <laughs> you know, things like that. <laughs> it, it blows your mind when you think about it. Honestly, I've never, I've never thought about it that way. But yeah. It's a very interesting perspective because, like, no. there's it, a lot of... Yeah, crazy things going on in the culture right now. Yeah, like things we have had to deal with in the past, and like just to think, like yeah. we're just getting started. What's coming up next? Yeah, yeah. The the first photograph was taken in eighteen twenty six, and wow. so we're coming up on the two hundred year anniversary of the medium. That's insane. Yeah, yeah. We all walk around with professional cameras in our pockets now. Yeah, compare. Yeah, in comparison, um, the first ever photo was taken by a scientist designing or developing the technology and it's just like a photo out the window yeah it's like a from his family's house yeah now bear with me because i'm not the photography person are we literally talking about probably like you go into the curtain type of photography thing 100 percent. yeah that's yeah and it was was even before that it was like the size of a room yeah they used to be really big yeah like because the the way it yeah mechanism yeah it it was it was the same basic technology of like focusing lens focusing light with mirrors and mm-hmm. bouncing it onto fo- something photosensitive but back then like we were doing it on a scale of like rooms right so like it, you needed that is an ridiculous. entire dark room to like illuminate things right so mm-hmm. that old time you said an entire dark room more or less, like an entire room yeah it was yeah, basically yeah. like the camera was a room. It was huge. So, and even before that, the idea of the camera obscura had been around for 300 plus years. So in the 1500s, the idea that a a light source traveling and impacting on a small surface area, like a hole in a wall, mm-hmm. then can can create a, a, a flipped or transitioned image. So... Uh, there are places, there are museums you can go to where there's like, a, it's basically a dark room. You step in, there's a little hole in the wall with a lens, and it captures the outside world and then basically beams it in, reflects it, and projects it on the wall as an art piece. And so that concept has been around since the 1500s, and then it was in the 1800s when they actually took it and were able to basically convert that process by or to apply light to a photosensitive film that creates the image because it's yeah it's the process of light altering chemicals to basically reproduce the exact image that would be reflected through the lens and today we do it with with um 
like a sensor that is, is exposed to light and basically does yeah. something the same thing where it trans translates that into bits and bytes. That's insane. Whoever thought of all this is like, sorry, <laughs> just to like think of all that. Like someone actually sat down and did all this. Yeah, that's insane to me. That's what humans um, do. We just figure things <laughs> out. We just tinker. Now, I actually do have one question, because both of you are, like, the camera experts, and it just dawned on me as we were talking about this. Both of you said dark rooms. I know mm -hmm. this might sound stupid, but is that why, like, back in the day when you took photos and you print them, you went to a literal dark room? Yeah, yeah it's because, yeah. like, it, the rooms are lit with red light because it doesn't expose the photosensitive film. When I first got yep. into photography, it was in a high school photography class, and we had a dark room. I learned how to develop, like... I actually still. have some of the pictures that I <clears throat> developed with, like, film, like, developed myself. And I did, like, double exposure and stuff like that. Like, it, yeah, like, that's why you do it. You do it in a room like that because it just doesn't develop the film. And, like, once the film touches light, like, it's done. Yeah. yeah. So when you think about, like, a disposable camera, right, when you, t when you click that shutter, you're literally firing a flash that's hitting objects that you're looking at. And then that light is being bounced back as the sensor opens. And when the sensor opens, it's letting enough of that light through to create an image on this film that's photosensitive. And then it closes again immediately because if it overexposes, it just becomes all white because too much light is being captured to show the subject. So yeah. then that sealed roll has to be taken into a dark room to be developed. Yeah. Okay, bet. That's actually really dope. I'm sorry. I just yeah. I went on a tangent because like I just got a camera recently too, and like I clearly don't know enough. <laughs> yeah. Um. But moving on to like the singles and stuff, there's a ton yeah, of singles ton coming of stuff. out. Uh, we have I, I think the biggest announcement: the weekend is back featuring Future. Yeah. Now with Double Fantasy. Yeah. Do you have any idea what this might be? Is this, this more of like this is a run up for on? the TV show? This okay, is okay. from the TV show. The one that you said is coming out this summer? Yeah. Or something like that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, I'm, I'm obviously, it's the weekend in future. They make a bunch of music together. It's always really good. Like That's true. The This is technically the toxic king of R&B and the toxic king of hip-hop. Yeah, it's it like is. It's like working together. <laughs> and it looks like it's going to be a very toxic show. The toxic king of TV. It's fitting. Sam Levinson, the creator of Euphoria. <laughs> like... <laughs> Wow, this was perfectly uh, put together. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to kill people. <laughs> All they need is like Andrew Tate dancing in the background of a music video. Hold on, I don't think <laughs> any of these people are sex traffickers. <laughs> like, hey, I, I meant toxic personality, but that's also valid. Like, I don't think... It's both. <laughs> I don't think Future has money in Romanian casinos. Like, yeah, no. No, I don't think Maybe he does. Stuff. That'd be sick. Like it'd be sick when Future does it. Like it's only cool when he does it. No, Future is very clearly invested in keeping places like Santorini just as, as absolutely white as possible. Just the whitest stucco you've ever seen in your life. Yeah. Look, I'm pretty sure all his money in reality is in an Atlanta strip club. Yeah. So oh, definitely. We're just gonna settle on that. Checks out. Checks um, out. Love that. We also have The Alchemist and Domo Genius coming out with No Idols. I might be confused because I did see it trending in on my radar, but 
is this technically an old mixtape that's finally coming to streaming? I have no I, idea. I possibly. Let me look it up. Seeing the the words Domo Genesis printed has got me feeling like Obi Wan Kenobi. Like, oh yeah, that is a name I have not heard in a long. Yeah, time. no, this was a this yep. was a mixtape that was originally dropped in 2012 by Odd Future. Okay. Yeah, yeah check and out. it worked on with yeah with the Alchemist. I am so very very excited for that. Too. Oh yeah, no, this has oh my god, this has features out the wazoo, multiple Earl sweatshirt features. I mean, Vince, yeah, it's Odd Future, of course. Vince Staples. Multiple Action Bronson features. Freddie I love that. Gibbs, love like, that. Space Ghost Perp. Like, whoa, okay, yeah, no, this. this I just moved up to my this, top. The yeah, my this missed me the first time around. So I'll. <laughs> yeah, shit. Oh my god. Look at that. Um. So yeah, I, I'm super excited for that. We also have Mike Dimes coming out with, um, Off the Porch featuring Max Supreme and Big X the Plug. Super excited for all that. Very upbeat music. Um, he's been on the rise just in general, so I'm ready for more. Yeah. Um, we have Armani White featuring ASAP Ferg, which I have not heard in forever. Yeah. Um, coming oh, out I, with the song Silver Tooth. Dude, it was almost one of my wrecks this week, but uh, really, dude. Well, I was driving around when the weather was nice this past summer, not this past weekend. God damn, it feels like this past summer. And it's like, uh, what came on? work remix mm-hmm. and it was like god damn this it's, it's song hard. goes so hard it is hard that was out click was out and like a couple other stuff oh like all gosh. those songs were just like this is the anthem yeah. <laughs> the raging anthem god, we didn't know what we had <laughs> till it's gone <laughs> um another thing i want to go over oh i also is... liked armani white's last single so i'll be listening i was about to say featuring um denzel denzel yeah, yeah. um yeah, uh, two more things that are coming out. I paired them together. Um, Tia is coming out with Freaky T featuring Lotto. And also, um, Lotto's putting out her own song, Put It On The Floor. Super excited for both of these. Uh, Freaky T has already been charting like crazy and having another powerful black female artist yeah. on your like. I've never heard of Tia Yeah, it, it's. I'm sure you've heard Freaky T. You just Possibly. don't realize it. Yeah, yeah. almost certainly. Um, I just, I don't know. It hit me earlier today and it's like, it's something like we've kind of brought it up. It's interesting that we brought it up at the beginning of this podcast, but like hip hop is only 50 years old and this is, has to be like the most positive time period for like a female artist. Oh, in, in the last five years, 100%. like it, it's, it's amazing. They, there's what so a, many of them. They all work together. Like yeah. it, it's awesome. I think, I think it's important to remember that hip hop was probably better for women in the nineties than it was in the two thousands. Uh but at the same time, yeah, I agree. I think right now is the golden era though. Yeah. Like, Everyone can get in on it. There's it's so many been people. Really, really quite well. Mm-hmm. And honestly, all of the labels out there has at least one star female. Yeah. The T D has SZA, Dreamville yeah. has um Ari. Yeah. Some of those are Ari, on the that is true. That is true. Yeah, SZA and Ari are definitely R and B artists. Yeah, you have Nikki with Young Money, technically. Yeah, I think oh. she's still at Young Money. I'm not sure. Who knows at Nikki Minaj? Know. I mean, where Young did... Money is like f- all forty plus now. So, <laughs> where did Tiana Taylor end up? Um, because technically she was well, with no, good music, right? No, because good has basically fallen apart, hasn't it? 
Well, yeah, now nah, I think. Yeah, now nah, it's like. But I think alive. she was. She was with good, but I'm wondering if okay. she like moved somewhere else. I don't know. I don't know. Is she still making music? I have no idea. I. She was in a movie, actually. Really? We were at the yeah, theater. Yeah, well, she's she's gonna be in the new White Men Can't Jump. Yeah. Oh, no, that's she, dope. She was in a. It was some indie movie had a poster at a. It wasn't that. It was something like featuring her. It had a poster up at the theater when we went to see Air. I'm not too sure. I yeah. must have missed it. God, Tiana Taylor's great too. Love of my life. Yeah. <laughs> we've, um, all, we've all seen the music video. Yeah, we've it's, all seen the music video. Yeah. I'm no greater than yeah. Anyway, <laughs> let's talk about Killer Mike, Brandon. <laughs> yeah, yo, this 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 track, the, the rollout for this track. Was a roller coaster for me <laughs> because I already knew you were probably at home like losing it, dude. Yeah, because last night Killer Mike and the Run the Jewels account on TikTok they posted like teasers for the SVs they dropped, and then the background was like an unreleased song, and it's this song, mm-hmm. right? But like I had never heard it. It sounds like a Run the Jewels song because it's produced. It is produced by LP, by the way. The production is a collab between LP and No ID, and yeah, it's, no. it's the best beat of the year. I'm sorry, like I'm I'm sorry. Like, We're changing the verse uh, to both of them. It's the best yeah, beat of the year. It's the best beat of the year. <laughs> like it's so good. Uh, I am excited for this. Yeah. I, I've seen some of the features yeah. and just like what he could do himself. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited. I, I listened to the song. It's out. It goes super hard. It mm. does like. Sound like a Run the Jewels song, though. That's the only thing, is that, like, there's been a few singles releasing for this Michael album. Mm-hmm. And I thought they were fine. I wasn't I wasn't in love with them. This one I like a lot more, but it sounds like... Run the Jewels. It sounds like Run the Jewels. It doesn't sound like his solo stuff, yeah. usually. But and I, this solidifies that there's no Run yeah. the Jewels 5. Well, I don't know about that, because, like... This morning, well, this morning, and this is the other thing, like when it's like the development of like this track release, I go on, I go on TikTok in between meetings, and I see a video from Killer Mike, and he's talking about this song, and he's like talking about how he had to step away from Run the Jewels Five to make Michael because he had to do something that he felt like he couldn't do in Run the Jewels, and this song was kind of like a piece of goodwill from LP being like, I support you to go do your own thing. I'll even come do a feature and produce a song for it. Right. Nope. So I think that's just like a really cool sentiment. I think it resulted in an incredible song. And yeah, I, I think there's still hope for RTJ five. I think RTJ X is probably the biggest indicator that that could happen. In addition to that. And this is the first time I've, I ever had something to contribute to run the jewels news. Um, the Nike sneakers app had a behind the design featuring both of them for the two shoes that released this morning. Send that to, send that to me. I want to and that. for sure in their discussion, it's like kind of like the Instagram story format, but through the sneakers app, but yeah. in the discussions that they're having LPs describing like design details on the shoes and everything that they mean to them. And then basically concludes it saying, yeah, we love working together and we're going to continue working together. Yeah. So yeah, I can no- see it coming. Yeah, no, they've they've already confirmed that they're like they're going at least two more albums. So like, I'm mm-hmm. I'm not worried. I just would, if I could run the jewels five this year, Jesus Christ, I would be. It'd be a crazy year much. for you. If 
if Run the Jewels 5 and Travis Scott releases within three months of each other, I will go into cardiac arrest. This yes. is not, this is, it will be the cranked movie. <laughs> so I'm highly concerned for your health. That's, yeah. that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> all we need is more Travis on stage wearing those sun goggles that he's yeah. wearing. Yeah. When he performed Pretty Mafia. Yeah. Let's go. But yeah, no, Let's this, go. Was, this was a dope song. Really dope sentiment behind it. Uh, and also, uh, Jeff McHugh, if you're watching this, I hate you because you got the lows. Uh, he got him. Yeah, he got the lows. Wow. Yeah, That's dude, nice. I, I was I was quick this morning. I went got on right. I believe you. The highs. I believe you. But SBs, the thing about SBs is that they come out in really limited numbers on the app because they go to skate shops too. Yeah. So it's possible that like local shops are going to do raffles for them. Yeah. But sure. it's just like it's it's tough. Yeah. Resale may not be too crazy either, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. The rule the rule for that is shoe comes out wait seven days that will probably be when it's at around its lowest because that's generally when people start to get their pairs in and then prices start to fall on the apps because people are starting to ship them to sell yeah all right we're gonna get you some we're gonna get you some it's um i appreciate that but it's okay it's like a really expensive ship uh fine all right Let's, let's talk about the news yeah okay um so, starting off, we have Chance the Rapper. Now, I, I just, I don't want to get my hopes up too much and overhype it. But, like, he made that Instagram post about yeah. having people text the number. Yeah, and I did. And, like, I did. Group. I did, too. <laughs> it's like you had to sign up for something. I was like, this is kind of sketch, but I'm, yeah. there's a there's a 50-50 chance I ditched this number in uh, a, a couple months, so. Right. He, I mean, he did the same. He did the same shit for a social social works promotion a while back. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And probably never. You've never used that number anymore. So like, yeah. after a week, it's just not going to matter. But what is going to matter is what it's supposed to represent is the acid rap tour or something along those lines. He said that you want to text the number, you get the first update. So, uh, please, all I, the concerts we're going I, to this I year. I would love acid. Just put that. My tabs are He zero better not play anything it. else but Azure. <laughs> you could do you're allowed four songs off coloring book. He's gonna play he's gonna play Slip Slide by Donnie Trumpet and the Social Experiment uh, eight times in a row and then he's gonna leave. <laughs> I'd be okay. Okay, with here's that. just the horns in my ears now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, I'm excited for all that. Because it's the ten year. It's the ten year. That that will actually make up for the falling of Frank Ocean wanting to be my number one. Oh my god. That god. would make up for it, honestly. Jesus Christ. <laughs> we got I cannot wait until that if you're watching this, you know that Prepare sh- yourself. Sharing the headline with the Yeet concert these two went to is No, no, this is more this is, this is way more than that. Frank, this, this is, is more important. Frank Ocean Gate. <laughs> we may not talk about you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, moving on. Right. Yeah. We have Jay Z also performing for the Louis Vuitton show in Paris. I don't know the last time he's been on stage, but that's super hype. Yeah. It was interesting. Oh, I'll take it honestly. I, I don't know what he would have performed or anything like that. Probably, I mean, there's, there's probably no way 444. Yeah. 
No, the, the most recent. It's from what I saw in the video, the majority of the stuff he did was like collab songs with Kanye off of like Watch the Throne and stuff. Really? Oh wow. Yeah, he did about he he did stuff off of Watch the Throne. He did Fellas in Paris. Um, yeah, they are in Paris. That and then he sense. did yeah. he did a couple others too. But like the videos that I saw, I don't know if he did more, but a lot of it was like collab stuff like that. But yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, no, um, I mean, oh man, I I once had the opportunity to see Jay Z, and I wasn't should have. I should have. You're right. It's, it's I should have. It was the Watch the Throne tour. Really. Yeah, I couldn't get off work. Yeah. Okay. Um. What's this, Jasper? Let's just jump to you. What you're typing? What What is this? No, no, no. We'll go in order. We'll go in order. Well, the the AI thing, I feel like is gonna be bigger. Well, I already said it. So. <laughs> yeah. I, fair. This is this is kind of quick. Um. Basically, uh, I forgot about this until just now. Uh, Kanye West was spotted out in the wild. Uh, attending the Fear of God uh, performance new fashion show that took place, like, I think it was yesterday with Jerry Lorenzo, longtime kind of collaborator, partner. And the reason it's impactful is because Jerry Lorenzo is the new, I believe he's the creative head of Adidas Basketball as of like two years ago, and they haven't released anything yet. But basically, Kanye used to be Adidas. Jerry is currently Adidas. Jerry has a new signature shoe coming out with them. And Kanye was there to see the event. There were photos of them, you know, shaking hands, doing their thing, you know, do with this information what you will, but it happened, like, just recently, so I figured I'd okay. throw it in here yeah. as well. Well, I'm about to say, it might be a good lead-up to, what, two weeks from now or something like that? Yeah, we'll see. When we figure it, finally have our debate. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we, we have a... Kanye teasing everybody three weeks from now there's going to be a Kanye episode and it's going to be the, the ending of all the Kanye episodes <laughs> a Kanye maybe a yay sode if you will uh yeah. but yeah no I have no idea what to do with that information I mm-hmm. yeah I there's no way he's going to work with Adidas again yeah. I I really really don't think so I don't there's doesn't no make sense logically yeah. yeah I I did not know Kanye was still going out in public I thought he was like that, that is also true. I thought he was like dead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there was a while where it was like, "Is this guy dead?" <laughs> we actually questioned it for real. Yeah. We we had a legitimate conversation, wondering if somebody killed him. Yeah, Purvis, Purvis, your <laughs> I, li- I, your your go to line is, "I'm just here so I won't get fined." Mine is going to be, "Thank you, Jonah Hill," <laughs> or "Thank, thank you, Jonah, Jonah Hill. Hill, I love you." Yep. <laughs> it fits. It's a good movie, but I don't know if it's that good. It's not. Spoiler it's alert. The it's whole not. race. Yeah. <laughs> um, but moving on to, I think, the second biggest piece of news that we're going to cover. We have, and it's really a twofer. Um, for those who do not know or may not be in tune to what's going on, AI is making its presence known yeah. within the hip-hop industry. And, um, and art in general. But and just art in general, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, in music, I, definitely. I think right now it's hot in music for the past week or so. Um, there's a very wide range of opinions on the subject, but it's come to, not necessarily a peak, but it's come to a situation now where there is a song called Heart on My Sleeve out. It is created by someone underneath the title of Ghostwriter, and essentially what this song is, it's taking 
a verse or song that this individual actually wrote. It was not AI generated. Mm-hmm. They wrote the lyrics, but they did use AI to have the chorus and verse be underneath Drake's voice and The Weeknd's voice. So if you are interested, pause the video, go listen to it. Just get your own opinion on it Um, because it it looks pretty real. But because of this, there's also been lawsuits are now in place underneath UMG. Um, Now, Jasper, I know you read the article. What's Mm -hmm. going on with the lawsuit? So right now it's not actually a lawsuit. Basically, UMG has sent out I guess they're like request letters. It's kind of like a cease and desist, but it's not directly the platforms that are the ones who are being told to do this. Mm -hmm. Uh, Basically, streaming platforms are being told by UMG, including Spotify and Apple Music, that they need to block AI services and machine learning services from accessing their databases. So a lot of times when a machine learning algorithm is taught how to replicate something or create something, it does it through training data. And what's happening right now is that training data gets scraped from somewhere, whether it's audio files, lyrics, images, any kind of raw source material. And so UMG is basically saying to these companies, do not allow ML systems to access our copyrighted content that is, you know, present on your platform, which is in many ways ridiculous. Sure, you know, the platforms can do this, but anyone who wants to train a model will be able to do it regardless. All you would need to do is literally play a song into a program, and you can just, as long as you have Spotify or whatever, you can just do it, and you can train it that way off of the actual audio. Um, yeah, and there are there are lots of concerns around intellectual property rights going forward, like we kind of touched on that a couple weeks ago or last week. Um, one thing that's funny in the in the article that I noticed is that the second paragraph says, UMG, which controls about a third of the global music market, has become increasingly concerned about AI bots using their songs to train themselves to churn out music that sounds like popular artists. Mm-hmm. And sure, copyright infringement to an extent that it impacts someone's livelihood is a red flag. But you know what's a bigger red flag? UMG owning one third of the global music market. That, for me, that's a bigger issue than a lot of other stuff in this article. But with that aside... Yeah, they're, do, they're go- honestly that part uh, I do agree with. Yeah, I agree. especially I, if they own that much. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. But I'm like also a socialist, so it's like sure. I mean, yeah. it's one of those things you don't really realize the scale. But the fact that UMG is specifically going out of their way to target this represents the fact that this is this they, their lawyers, their legal teams see this as a legitimate threat or alternative to the actual music that is produced and copyright protected. And that Drake verse sounds like Drake. And the fact that they're going out of their way to copyright strike and take down pretty much everything, every link to this this particular song, Heart of My Sleeve, shows that we're trending in the direction of these tools are going to continue to get better. We're going to see more stuff like this continue to happen. And I'm, I mean, I'm it's a case... Curious. Yeah. Because... I'm not going to say that I'm happy that they did this, but I'm definitely not upset. And the reason I say that is just because like it, it's a very dangerous tool right now. I I feel like I'm just a little, I'm a little concerned how they're going to use the tools, I guess, or use the AI going forward just because it it is kind of scary. 
if you've listened to the song, like you said, it yeah. it sounds like Drake. Yeah. Like it it sounds like Drake. And so I I feel like it takes away from the legacy of any artist, not even just Drake, but <clears throat> yeah. anyone who's impacted by this. It kind of diminished their picture and what they feel or like their presence i feel like yeah it almost feels like an invasion on privacy because in reality it's one thing if the ai wrote the lyrics but like someone's literally writing this lyrics and stealing the identity of drake they're they're, they're stealing the voice that's fair i think i think it is going there's going to be a spectrum to it it's going to be a lot more difficult to do this for certain artists and it's going to be a lot easier to do it for others like we listened to that song was it last week or two weeks ago the uh one featuring the one jay-z? jay-z verse right? Yeah. right and that one it was pretty discernible that it was it was ai just given the tonality of it not really matching his delivery things like that i think that this is going to push artists who operate in a space that is a little more generic to branch out and to develop sounds that are going to be harder to imitate. And I think in this case, Drake is kind of the prime candidate for this. The really like monotone flow mm. is, is something that an AI is going to have no trouble replicating. So I think it's going to do everybody a service. If watch this out kind of thing... nav. <laughs> yeah. Facts. It's gonna do. It's I'm, gonna be a. It's gonna I be a would, service to everybody. I would rather listen to Dab over AI music any day of the week. Versus. Don't worry. <laughs> Don't worry. But like, thank you for saying that. I appreciate that. But also, I, I wasn't I'm, joking. Like, I, I just have a question then, and mm-hmm. I guess it, it's based on you all's opinions. Because let, let's be honest, this is a conversation that like we've been meaning to have for a while. We just mm-hmm. haven't been able to bring it up. Um, if they were to because. Like you said, in terms of blocking access to the machine learning uh, tools. So, like, the only point of reference I have for that, like, I play Rocket League. I play a ton of Rocket League. It's probably the most ga- most played game I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just came across its first situation since its existence, which is multiple years old, where there are actual bots in the game. Um, somebody, some programmer learned how to bot a literal player into a competitive 3v3 game. And these games are ranked. It depends on your skill, everything like that. And so since they're able to run it on the online servers constantly, within a month, it's getting a billion hours worth of gameplay. It knows every mechanical move. It's learned everything it needs to know. But you know it's a bot because it can't fly. Like the one aspect in the game, you got to be able to do aerials and be in the air. The robot can do everything. It flicks perfectly. It jumps perfectly. It hits the ball exactly where it needs to go without hesitation, taking the other team and its teammates into consideration and where they're doing it. But it can't fly. Yet. Maybe, but I feel like once you hit that many hours, it's, I don't know if it's going to reach a peak, but as of right now. Yeah, if it doesn't learn it it in a billion hours, you know, like. Sure. Well, it can't fly. Yeah, it could be right there's now. some some new model that eventually gets deployed that starts accounting for flying training data or something. Who knows? It's possible. Right? It's yeah. very possible. So that was a big issue with the bots. Yeah. And so I, I feel like in some games you have to take that into consideration because there's other games out there. Valorant has bots in early rank plays, so you can compete easier. If this was used in a sense, let's say. 
this ghostwriter artist who no one knows. Literally no one knows. Yeah. If they're able to use this machinery to actually develop their own sound. Not take a Drake voice, but take yeah. multiple voices together and actually form his own sound. Mm-hmm. Would it change your opinion at all? Because then he's using it as a tool and not as impacting other artists already in the industry. Sure. But Would that make it better? Yeah, of course. But I, I'm of the opinion that this, the way this is being used right now, like, yeah, it's in a gray area and it's it's not great to, to steal from people, especially when it's their likeness. But when it comes to getting work out there, and as long as you're making the distinction that, hey, it's not actually the artist, it's like my interpretation, I think there's a there's room for it. The question is, should you get paid for that? And obviously the legal system is going to say no, and the platforms are going to say no, so it's not really up for debate either. But do you think they should say yes? So if it's originally produced lyrics and content, sure, but just like anything else, there should be a royalty that gets paid. Because you're using you're using somebody's you're using somebody's likeness for your it's 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 yeah, but to me it's like sampling. Yeah, but royalties and sampling all have to go through like clearance and everything. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, and that you know I I think that's a big deal, because like to mm-hmm. me I. You know this feels like the the death nail of like being able to like work professionally as an artist. Right. Well, this has been. It's been harder and harder to make a living as a musician, you know, ever since iTunes, you know? Yeah, um, I mean, it, it's been hard before that, but I, I see your point. Well, yeah, but, like, in the 60s and 70s, there was, like, a, an actual economy of, like, working-class musicians, right? Like, people like Jim Croce and, like, all that who, like, were able to make a modest living playing music, like, live sure. and, like, professionally for like other people right studio musicians yeah um and this just seems like the obvious solution to like the as like it gets harder and harder and harder and as like music production requires fewer and fewer people like we're getting to the point where it requires almost no one you know because yeah because look at how these things are inevitably going to intersect. Do you think people aren't going to be doing AI lyrics next? And then it's like, where's the line? You know, I I think I don't know. I, I have a lot of feelings about this, but it's kind of like I, they're all struggling to get out right now, and it's also yeah. a holiday. Um, I have it is also a holiday. I, I have a take from the other perspective as well, and it's based on what the artist in this case ghostwriter posted online following the release of the song he basically said that he posted anonymously and wanted to stay anonymous but through this kind of like throwaway twitter profile said that he had worked as a professional ghostwriter for you know multiple labels for the past eight to ten years and that he got paid basically nothing and to him he saw this as the way forward for developing his own exposure if he can ride the coattails of the, of the people who he helped make superstars. And in that way, I could see it being a tool that definitely makes the process more democratic because you're, you're mm. using someone's likeness to elevate yourself when you've been basically stolen from for years. Nah, I think that's very naive. I, that's I, a super, super specific case, but yeah, I'm just saying in that case, I understand the sentiment. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I, I think I think that's very naive because, you know, not every artist is Drake, you know? No, and, of course not. And, like... Yeah, this was, like, an isolated example of yeah, this. Yeah, and, like, you know, as someone who, like, one day hope like, is, like, a professional creative and hopes to one day ascend to, like, artist, right? What you put out in this world is all you have, right? And when we get to the bigger story this this year, like, you'll see that, like, fans and, like, fame, that's a mirage. That that can go away. Sure, of course. That, yeah. that, that, that can all disappear. But, like, the work out in the world is is yours. And, you know, as you created it. And, like, to have people come out here and make work using your medium, you know, it reminds me of, like, the work of art forgers back in like the middle ages you know and that that's how i see these like i i, I think ghost Rider's a kind of a fucking thief and like yeah he got he got fucked by capitalism but the answer to that is not to steal drake like likeness it's to form a union right like this is not say, that's it's not, not like he didn't that's accept not the job. Fa- yeah it's <laughs> I was that, gonna say there are there are corporate protections, sure. AI or unionization. There are corporate protections against only one of these right now. Sure. So that's you yeah. Know, the, but the like, avenue. but like, one's effective practice and one's not. You know, mm-hmm. and the other thing is that not everyone who's making this AI music has such a sure. Uh, you know, a sympathetic backstory. Yeah, I I, I can that, I can course. definitely attest that I think the people who are interested in ai are the people who want to take the artist out of the art like the people who are like honestly i think it's going to be i'm kind of shocked by this to be honest with you because i thought umg would be on the side of it you know like to me it seems inevitable that way because i don't see it that way at all because at at least not in the short term because they are very interested in making sure that the streaming numbers that they get paid for continue to increase and nothing takes away from that sure in the short term in the short term that's their interest in the long term maybe they look at ai as an ability to help their artists produce more music but i don't see that being viable anytime soon and i also think it's compelling and i also think like and this can change but i think it's worth pointing out that like a lot of the talk between ais is usually between like labels and brands and stuff you don't really see artists utilizing it that much the only thing i can think of is the little yachty mid journey he made the cover yeah yeah, no. yeah the album the cover and that awful ai rapper from last year that, and the yeah. other thing is that In like i don't know i thought this song was very boring like what did you like better this or search and rescue search and rescue by a pretty wide margin this absolutely felt, not this i felt, felt the exact opposite I think that's a. Wild. I don't think either song is that good in reality. I like that no. this one was short. <laughs> Search and Rescue is like four and a half minutes long. Yeah, but this I, I, this one felt like this. I mean, this, this one a... felt like lo-fi music off a of YouTube rip, like with a bad Drake impersonator over it, and it's like. I didn't think it was a bad impersonation at all. It sounded I mean, like him. I I think it was significantly better than the Jay Z one, but like, I, I was. Either, either like, way, if if this lights a fire under Drake to make shit that sounds less generic, I'm all for it. Now I do have a question because for you. because this is an, this I, is a very imitable style. Like it's very easy to imitate his current 
style with these tools. Because I, I think that's an unfair judgment, though. Is it, though? We heard the song. It sounds like Drake. It sounds like a beat that Drake could rap over, rapping about things Drake would okay, rap but about. even right? still, the, in, in the beat, it says it's a Metro Boomin beat, and then you're just going to say it, Metro Boomin's basically, he's the greatest producer out but there. To, it, but it to me, it doesn't, it doesn't sound like a Metro Boomin beat to me, though. But even it though says it, has, it is, that's I know. Like it literally says, I think that's it. Literally says I'm Metro Boomin. Yeah. Like the, I, I the chorus that. literally says I'm Drake. I feel like of all people, the person who's experienced identity theft and is wearing a mask would be on the side of the artist. No, of course. What I'm saying is, I think that this is a good way to show that there's a competition in music that hasn't existed before. And I think if it for for the people who will basically hold all of the streaming value that exists on earth pretty mm. much like an artist like drake if drake feels a little unsettled by this i think that's a good thing because i think it shows that even a huge artist who has this huge market control and all of this this uh success that goes with it there's there's room to continue to improve and change their product and not be complacent in what they produce because there comes a point yeah. where your artistic integrity is sacrificed for your commercial viability and we've talked about this that I, yeah i was going to say i honestly do agree yeah. that like this would be a motivational piece to like that's, push them forward and that's what i'm saying yeah <clears throat> even still the I, I just feel like the idea of it being easily impersonated or easily to copy it, it just yeah I, it doesn't sit well with me because the ai didn't do it that well and if it was that easy anyone that's, would just copy Drake's. Yeah. That's fair, and I mean, I think the copycats are out there, but you have somebody who kind of takes that spot and rides that spot. But I mean, we did we did scary in the hose deep dive a couple weeks mm -hmm. ago. Like for me personally, even though the four hundred four machine is the simple thing that was used to make all the all the beats off of that album, like I could see for an artist who has some experience mixing and producing and generating content, it would be a lot harder to imitate something off of Scary in the Hose and to that sound than it would be a, a simple kind of pop Drake track, just that's based on the nature of the music that, that it is. Yeah, no, that's definitely true. The more idiosyncratic something is, it's just a harder thing to do. Uh, you don't, I do have a point I want to bring up, because I do think it is deliciously hilarious that it was Drake. Right? Okay. Because... <clears throat> Look, we, we've been over this. I'm a big advocate for the FD singer fire video, Drake and the Death of Hip Hop. Mm -hmm. I think pre-2023, I don't think anyone is more culpable for just the commodification of hip hop as a culture than Drake, right? And we call him out for that, right? We call him out for being this, What what's the phrase? Like, uh lowest common denominator artist who just contributes nothing nothing artistically and only seems to be interested in the commercial viability of his art as a commodity it right? feels like there's a lot of the, it and feels we, like there's a lot of take from him but not a lot of give when it comes to contributing to a community contributing to right, right, right. the artistic space yes right so we we agree on this that he is doing this to the art he's making it more commodifiable and we think that's bad as a as an understanding of the hip hop landscape, I feel like I know where this is going, <laughs> and that's also bad for Drake to do, right? Mm -hmm. So this seems like the next step in that. This seems like the next easiest way to commodify music is to to automate parts of the process, 
Yeah, there's an irony to it, and that's why I appreciate but, it. But, right, but if we were being logically consistent here, we would also be mad at people like Ghost Rider who are perpetuating this, right? Sure. And I would, and that's my point, right? Is that like the same way I'm annoyed at Drake for simplifying and degrading the culture into something that is bought and sold, taking it from art and turning it into content, right? Like, yeah, I, I, I dislike that about Drake. But I think this is the next step in that, and I think it's bizarre that people who have this criticism of Drake aren't also applying this criticism to the people who are using AI. Like, I think Ghostwriter is kind of a fuck. Like, I think, like, whoever no, and did, that's, did this is kind that's of... That's valid. It is perpetuating it, because, like, these people aren't, like... They're human beings. Like, they're doing things. And, like, their actions have consequences. And, like, the people who are using AI to make songs and to create this problem are doing it consciously. It's not something that, like, has to happen. To me, it very much feels like people who just – and maybe this is a bit of a stereotype, but it, I, I get a bit, of a bit of a vibe from a lot of people who are using this. It's, like, people who don't seem interested in putting the time and effort it takes to learn the skills in order to do this. Right. And like, I think that's, you know, very true from like the visual art you see from AI, uh, especially in some spaces. Like, and, you know, I, I, th that's just kind of like the flags I see for this right now. Yeah. I mean, the Ghostwriter situation, I think, is a little different given the background that was discussed. Um, but the, I think but that the th art he puts into the world is going to have an effect on the culture, regardless of his backstory. Sure. He's going to contribute to, to a extent, commodification yes. of a culture created by marginalized people. Yes. Whether yeah. he is a simp whether he was an underpaid writer for Drake or Drake or like, whoever whoever yeah. else he was paid for. Sure. Yeah. And and that's that that's totally valid. I think that in that context, yes, it's not it's not obviously productive in any way, but I think that as a if you're putting it out there with the intention of like this is an experiment to see how easy it is to go viral sure you're stealing but you're not doing it with the intent to imp directly impersonate or make money off of because that was not the approach for this particular one there well, are others where it is well i'm not but... necessarily talking about stealing right now i'm talking about the impact this is going to have culturally on this genre of music right because sure. like yeah. stealing I do think it's especially terrible to steal someone's likeness, but like yeah. that's neither here nor there right now. I could give a fuck about UMG, right? Yeah. I am much more worried about a a culture that has produced some of the best pieces of art in you know the past fifty years of American history. Is this the death nail in its commodification? And I think the answer depends on if we choose to resist it or if we choose to play into it. 100%, and I also yeah. think, and I also think that's possible. Like, I think it's something that could be resisted, but I also think there's a possibility that this is like NFTs. You know, people told. Sure. I heard NFTs were inevitable all 2021. Mm, that's true. Yeah, and I think in music, I think in music, it could go either way on that yeah. front. Um, I think the advent of machine learning that has been building since like 2014 yeah I, yeah machine learning for sure i'm 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 specifically talking about these ai tools 
Yeah. You know, um, chat GPT mid journey. And I think mid journey is probably going to be around for a while, but I think a lot of these are going to be closer to NFTs <clears throat> than anything else. Yeah. I, I think cool. that the, the reason I got interested in this was because I saw an art, this article, but then also uh, Fantano, like we were discussing this before the show, but Fantano did a video specifically about this song and his criticism of it went a little a little past just the the moral and i guess just generally ethical considerations of whether or not ai interpretation and and imitation is bad for culture and actually took it to the root of how the simplification and standardization of a hit song across the genre has created this creative bankruptcy already sure. where anyone can spit out a, a hit song in a, in a few minutes, regardless of what tools are used to make it. And I think that's another criticism that we kind of need to look at in the same lens is like, Oh, I told, I totally, how, I totally yeah, agree. How simple are we willing to go with it? Yeah, no, I totally agree. It's just that I think people using these tools are perpetuating that, not liberating yeah. us from it. No, right. I I would agree with that. Yeah, like it's, that's... it's but it's like it's a two pronged problem. It's it's a culture problem and it's a it's a tech problem. Oh yeah, I totally I totally agree with that. Like once again, like it is, like it is, technology is as the culture decides it is going to be. You know, like yeah, I was gonna say in terms of a tech problem, I feel like it's doing pretty well. AI yeah. is at the the peak of where it's at. It's just the the issue is the culture problem. That's all. Yeah. Yeah, I just find it very ironic that it was the biggest fish in the in the pond, who uh, or in the sea, who's now threatened by this, and yeah. because because of that, there's actual action on behalf of you know this huge conglomerate that owns a third of the media we consume. Yeah. I was gonna say what, and I'll end the conversation with this. What I want to know or what I want to see is an actual artist's opinion, an artist that's being yeah. impacted. Yeah, I feel yeah. like a lot of the things that are trending right now are the obvious big names. You have Drake, you have Kanye, you have The Weeknd a little bit. Kendrick's in there. You have a little bit of Kendrick. Not really J. Cole, but like, I want to hear someone who's actually being impacted yeah. and what they think. I, I have a theory, just because, you know, just like in my uses with AI. Um, I, I think another reason I think it's just never going to really really catch on is i think like a major artist i don't think it's a very good tool for like specific expression you know mm -hmm. i i can't see it being very useful to someone like tyler the creator's workflow sure you know it's just not that like i can't see someone like lp someone who rips all of his samples from vinyls he gets in brooklyn right like i don't see how ai is going to improve his process you know and i i and I don't see how it's going to do it on anything. Like, yes, it could imitate Drake, but could it make a song for Lil Wayne, an artist debatably as simple? Probably not. Yeah. Um, just to put a little bit of a lighter touch on the, the last thing I have here, I could totally see artists coming out against this in the same way that they did during the, the era of DMCA when that was first passed. Yeah. Where I it's like, it's like you wouldn't download a, or you wouldn't steal a car, and it's like stuff like that because it's kind of the new version of that, where it's like stealing copyrighted content and, and using it in a way that's not authorized. Yeah, I, so I could totally. I think that's ridiculous. I don't think those two things are the same at all. I'm not saying they are. Yeah. I, but what I'm saying is, I could totally see 
like anti like anti AI use campaigns or something based around similar principles of like, oh, if you're doing this with an artist's work and, and interpreting it, it's like you're stealing from them, yada yada, like stuff like that. I could see that being like an industry tool to to try and dissuade from this. Yeah. Maybe. All Let's right. See. Should we get into I guess Coachella? Yeah, let's uh. get into Coachella. This is the big one. <laughs> this is the big one. So th- uh. this is going to be the main topic, but there's some things I want to cover first before you actually get into I it. I can't believe I, I was fully prepared to give Yeet the respect he deserves. He did a concert. You guys went. He deserves it. It was a the, great concert. I don't doubt it. it. I don't doubt it. My, my criticisms <laughs> of Yeet do not, I do not think would manifest in a live performance of his music. Like, that is fair. It was so good. I got sick. Yeah. <laughs> 10 out of 10. I've been there. I've been there. I risked the Donda variant. I remember back then. Literally. Um, I mean, honestly, it depends on where we finish Coachella. If we have time, we have time. But what I do want to get over, I want to go over all the really good sets. And some things I just were kind of pointed out, some news, before we get into the main event. Um, Obviously, hip-hop related. Uh, Metro Boomin did a fantastic set. Um, He brought out Future, Don Tolliver, John Legend, The Weeknd, Twenty One yeah. Savage, Mike Dean, and Diddy. Good God! <laughs> I, I would have killed to have seen that set. That sounds 100%. incredible. Yeah, yeah. This, this is Metro like, Boomin wants some more. He's one of the best producers. He's, he's got to be. He absolutely is. He, like after this, I feel like he has to be one or two. It's just no question. He, he's probably my two right now. Behind LP, and oh, they're like, enough. they're <laughs> like that. Like it's. But it's just two opposite sounds, like opposite mm. but similar at the same time. Like, yeah. um, we also had, and I always say her name wrong. Is it Kelly Uche? I think he's saying it. Kelly right. Uche's. Uh, Uche. Uche's, yeah. U C I H I S. Yeah, yeah. She brought out Omero Apollo. She brought out Don Tolliver and Tyler the Creator. Another stacked set right there. Mm. Uh, What's wrong, Jasper? Did you not like the performance? I have words about that Tyler the Creator feature. Why? What happened? His mic wasn't working. It was messed up. No, he didn't sing the entire time. He was just dancing around on on stage to their to the oh, song they did together. Yeah. I didn't see that. I, he even I he even tweeted like about it. Yeah. He's I doing see. the like he's doing the like gremlin crawl from the music video where he's on the deck of the ship. Like okay, 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 yeah. and like there's no mic. <laughs> yeah, that's unfortunate. I didn't know his mic was out. Yeah, it's it's too bad. Cool moment though. Good cinematography for that that set. It was nice. They had yeah. like a low camera right at the front of the stage, going back and forth. It was cool. Mm. I have to be oh, honest. Really I dope. did not watch any sets because the one I was gonna watch. We'll get to it. But I didn't. I, I didn't watch it live. I saw like a YouTube video. Oh afterwards. yeah, I forgot that they do put them out in YouTube videos. Uh, so yeah. I probably could have. Yeah. We'll see them eventually. Um. And then just the biggest news, I think, that's not music-related necessarily, and it will play into the conversation. Yeah, um, I think the, the context ev- is very important for this. Yes. The event was fined $117,000 for the three days in curfew fees. Just to give you an idea of how this number reached this point, it is $20,000 if you go five minutes past curfew. Every minute after that is a thousand dollars. It's ridiculous. That's ridiculous, but at the same time, Jesus. but at <laughs> the same time, Coachella's 
Coachella's average annual revenue is eighty-two oh, yeah. million. So I like, don't feel bad for them. Pennies, but like pennies. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, no, that's yeah. You're right. It's, it's, it's. I guarantee you, it's something they. And we'll get to this. They have a budget for that shit. They have a budget. Sure. They, there's they know exactly how much. There's one hundred percent a budget allocated for these five. For for every dollar they make, like point yeah. one two cents goes into the jar for yeah. <laughs> for overage. Yeah, no, there's absolutely a budget for this. Like, um, but it's just kind of insane when you think about state fees and things like that. <laughs> um, so but, is it a curfew specifically for minors, or like how does it work? Is it like a I county no thing? Idea. Because I, 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 I saw stuff about know. this, and I don't, I don't know either. I want to look. I have up. no idea because, like, I don't even know the curfew laws in Chicago. That's the thing. I was gonna say. I feel like it's not uh, limited to age. Because, like, remember we were going to eat, and there's so many young people there. We were like, man, I hope this doesn't go past like 11, because there's a child like curfew, and then there's like a legitimate like music curfew. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. It doesn't. It just doesn't even say. It's like. I'm looking at it now. Daily fine of 20k. Apparently, the money will go to Indio California's general fund used for funding general city projects. Lovely. Yeah, okay. Well, sounds okay if hey, it's if in the right hands. If there's one thing that the unpaid nobody support, it is urban general, city building, <laughs> general city projects, public works. Let's go. <laughs> we <laughs> build that sewer system. Big numbtots here. Like. Um, well, apparently, potholes. <laughs> yeah. apparently it was in addition to Frank Ocean being a curfew breaker, Calvin Harris and Bad Bunny sets also broke curfew. Oh, yeah, that makes times. sense. Yeah, that 100% makes sense. Uh, um, but uh, yeah, let, let we you just said it, it everyone's talking about it. I found um, it real quick. Okay, I found it a 2013 city permit outlining conditions under which Golden Voice, which is the parent company, can host Coachella. Festival states that all performances must conclude by 1 a.m. on Friday and Saturday and midnight on Sunday. So oh, right. yeah. written into that contract, $20,000 each time a performance goes past curfew plus $1,000 a minute starting that sixth minute after curfew is broken. Yep. So it's just written into the contract with the local, the, like with the city for the general event to end. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Did either one of you stay up? I, I mean, no. I did. I mean, I was up. I just stay up to midnight usually. Like, okay. usually I would not be up so late to finish the set if it would have went according to plan. Mm -hmm. uh, but I was up normally. Uh, so I, I stayed up hoping and praying. But no, I was... No. I. Yeah, I, I was considering it, but then I thought about the time zone difference and yeah, having just changed roles. I have to get up earlier for work now than I did with the previous role, so I'm like, I'm good. I need to get sleep. <laughs> so this is what I'll do, because I stayed up. I was texting yeah. the Discord we were talking as through, I was up. Yeah, we, we talked through the whole thing. Um, I eventually fell asleep at 2.30, and I just want to... Break down my experience. Oh boy! <laughs> because I I feel like being so involved, of course, with the artists and just the, the genre in general. Yeah, if you've like, been watching this show at all, you know we're right. Massive um, Frank Ocean fans. Super fans. Super fans. So I get to witness these order of events live. So I just wanted to speak on what actually happened at the Frank Ocean concert. Yeah. Um, for those who do not know, because not everyone's involved. Um. Started out the day. 
uh, Brandon pointed out to me. I had no idea. There's no merch being sold at Coachella. Yeah. No merch at all being sold. There's there's no real reason to it. Um, I feel like that is the easiest main connection to your fan base you can have. Even yeah. though it has to be evolved around money, you own a piece of yeah, the, I own a golf shirt, and the, I am proud to own this shirt. <laughs> yeah, no, the, the the desire for fans to own merch is like a very valid thing. Right. I'll give them this. I'll, I'll say this. And I feel this way about a lot of the stuff that went down. If this was the one thing that happened, I'd feel <laughs> Then I would have been happy. I'd feel yeah. differently, right? If, if, like, the live stream went and, like, he put effort into the show and his performance, like – Right. I would have felt differently about him not selling merch because it's like, yeah, no, I get it. Like, I get that that sucks for a lot of people who are really big fans. And, like, if you were there, it would suck for you. Like, I get it. But, like, I also, like, I kind of get, like, wanting to opt out of that whole culture a little bit. It's very true. And, like, but the thing is that it wasn't just that. It was a whole bunch of things, which just leads me to think that this was just something Frank did not put a lot of effort into. That, That is also extremely true. Yeah. Um, and that low effort was expressed once you get towards the actual event. Yeah. Um, one thing that I, I wanted to point out very quickly, because I think it's very obvious all three of us are major Frank fans and we're all very disappointed in how it turned out. Yeah. Um, now I, I, I wanted to say this first before I actually like go off on a rant about it, because most of this is going to be negative. There are multiple people out there that are saying, either at the event or some kind of connection to it that this is all, this is not all negative as though this is like a great event, Frank Ocean sharing what he's been working on with us. And under the understanding that this really only impacted 0.5% of Frank Ocean fans, at least at the event. Yeah. I mean, I'll I'll say, I'll, I'll say this. There are things in isolation about this that I don't totally hate. Right. Um, it's the combination I, of yeah, it. Yeah, it's and like it it's the combination and also it's just like the lack of effort throughout. You know what right. I mean? Uh so but go, uh, essentially go, go. Uh, around probably the afternoon or evening really at this yeah. point people just started discovering that the tweet that YouTube put out about Frank Ocean being streamed was yeah. deleted. Yeah. Cuz um, like we had covered it a few weeks ago cuz like Yeah. There was a tweet. We are like, excited. <laughs> it was like they specifically called out, like, "Oh, Frank is streaming," and we, because I remember us saying, like, it would sound like Frank to, like, right. to to did. not stream this, <laughs> but we heard that he was, so like, oh, okay, that's fine, that's good, that's sick, and right. then, the, and this is something that's planned months in advance. People spend thousands, yeah, question of dollars on this. People planned like parties to like watch this. Yes, it's a real event. Yeah, like <laughs> I almost had people over to energy. watch it. Like, right. And so we found out that it was going to be canceled around the evening time with no clarification and no warning. Um, so just like that, to the same point I made earlier, 99% or more percent of your fans are not going to experience this. No. Um. Keep in mind, he has not done any live shows in six years. Has had an album in seven years. He didn't um, tour Blonde. He's never released a music. Blonde. He hasn't released a music video since 2013. I thought he has a Nike video. No, he doesn't, does he? It's on Vimeo. Is it a Nike's video? 
Oh yeah, yeah. I thought he only had Channel Orange. Let me look. No, there's a Nike's video. I forgot about that. Yeah. I haven't seen it then. Weird. Yeah, there's a Nike's video. It's on video. But even still, that was forever ago. Yeah, no, that was blonde. (laughs) Right. Um. So there's there's a video up, but it's not published by his channel it's like it's the third party channel it's the production company okay. visual letters i yeah. guess yeah, something like yeah. That. Mm. okay yeah that's why i couldn't find it because i'm mm. on his like blonded one usually i see yeah no yeah uh, yeah no this uh the real ones by tyrone Lebon music video yeah it has all the credits and everything i'm gonna look into that yeah. sorry to interrupt go ahead no no you're fine um, but that is pretty much all the prior details before we get to the stage. Yeah. Um, this amazing 18 year old girl, no one knew she started live streaming the event. It was her and like one other person that kind of fell off halfway, but there was one person that everyone found. She started off with like 6,000 followers. At least that's when I found the page. And she ended with over 40K. Um, at one point, there was about 115,000 people trying to find and watch this event <laughs> off this. Who happens to also be an artist, an eight-year-old girl who's also an artist on the front row. Uh, I think the tag is like Morgan Doesn't Care on Instagram. Yeah. Amazing. Um, so she's been getting a lot of love for that, which is great for her. I hope her career takes off so there's some kind of positive outcome out of what happened. Um but that was the experience that 99% of the fans had to have was through a kind of laggy Instagram live feed. Yeah. Um, he started an hour late. Um, this was due to modifications on the set. Um, yeah. Lo- yeah. So we shared a video where someone was like, and I thought this guy made some. I thought <laughs> I'm trying guy, to keep it in. I, saw that, I thought this guy made some decent points. But one of the points I thought was ridiculous is that he was like, oh, it wasn't Frank that was late. It was the production, you know, putting up the screens and everything. And Frank came out like five, ten minutes later. First off, I don't know if that last part is true. I'll assume no. that it is. Uh, because my point is that when you make a game day decision to completely change your production, I think you're Let on alone the- an hour or so before. Yeah, you <laughs> are. I, I think you are like on the hook. For having being ready at start time, if it was fifteen minutes, okay. Like, and and the thing is, it wasn't a minor or a small change that happened. Um, apparently, there is supposed to be an entire ice rink that they yeah, planned. Yeah. The people that you saw walking in circles were actually supposed to be on skates with the whole ice rink. Yeah. So the fact that Coachella was able to remove an ice rink from a stage the day of is impressive um he started it's, an hour late sorry it's, Californ- it's california they have the weather to remove ice that is also <laughs> true but like it literally takes a day to convert yeah. the bulls court to the blackhawks Facts. Yeah. It, it's a lot of work yeah. <laughs> yeah no doubt um so we started performing some of his songs and now what i will say to give him some credit there are a couple of songs that he did Truly yeah. performed. Yeah. And I think um, the performances he gave, like, vocally, I thought were... Sounded great. Absolutely Sounded right. great. Absolutely. For the ones, Like, yes. not disappointing mm-hmm. in any capacity. The songs he actually performed. And, like, right. 
with minor, minor modifications. Those yeah. are... I don't know if you could call them minor. We'll talk about that. Yeah, I don't know if you would call them minor. Well, that's either. what I'm saying. The the ones that were minor, he did well on. Yeah. Now, there were other songs that he that did had more. A lot of changes to it. Now, here's Whether the... full tempo changes, yeah. full of genre changes. Here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing, right? I kind of like that idea. I think that's a really, really cool idea. I don't think it's done very well here. I think, no. the, like, I just don't think the white Ferrari. That version should be is, an EDM race. Yeah, no, I don't think that's a good yeah. version. But like the idea that like, oh, there's a version of white Ferrari that you, that sounds nothing like the one on Blonde. Like, I feel like I'm willing to let Frank get away with a lot of shit, and I feel like that's one of the things where it's like, yeah, I I totally would let him get away with like doing different versions of it if it was like full effort, full performance, mm. right? The okay. Full, like I, my problem with this is I did not feel like there was a lot of effort in it, and like, don't even talk about like Nikes and Nikes, you know. So yeah, it, yeah. even getting into Nikes and Nikes, there's one thing where it's very poor effort. It's another thing where you are literally plugging in your phone and playing the song. Yeah. Um, I watched a whole TikTok about this literally earlier today. How I forget what artist it was, but they're essentially saying that fans are getting robbed from yeah. performances yeah. because back in the day artists would perform if anything it was the beat and they were full yeah. voice <laughs> yeah. now it is the full song and they're doing ad libs that's um, what it was like when we went and saw Jid and Smino they didn't for, even they, they didn't even have their backing vocal track on oh, it was yeah. them just straight rapping everything oh, yeah. over the yeah. beats which was amazing yeah. yeah it's a yeah, rarity that was yeah. a great performance yeah. <laughs> it was yeah and um this was even worse. He just didn't do anything. He didn't even yeah. have a mic. Didn't yeah, even he have just kind of like danced, even though he has a broken ankle. Like, uh, and look, like I think there was a guy I follow, and he gives he normally gives very pitchforky takes. Like I like him because he's like well spoken, but like mm-hmm. I don't usually agree with him. But like he was pretty. I sent you a couple of his things. He's a, you know, he's a TikTok guy, and. Uh, he made a point that I thought was interesting, and it's like, no, I don't think you understand. Like, every show is objectively better when the artist does their own vocals, right? Mm-hmm. And someone had pointed out that, like, he had gone to a Playboy Cardi concert that he said was amazing. And he Playboy Cardi just did the ad-libs and, like, raged, right? Which is something he does, apparently. Jats is nodding, so I know. That's that exactly how it is. It's, yeah. it's the track with screaming over it. Yeah. And like ten out of ten. And like the point he makes is that like yes, I saw Playboy Cardi. He didn't do the lyrics. It was a great show, but there's nothing. There's nothing you can say that like if he did the lyrics, it wouldn't have been better. You know what I mean? Like there's yeah, no yeah. argument there that like even when yeah, it is good, like fair. it would not have just been better if he does if he actually gives the performance on top of that. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think with Frank, like it's especially disappointing because like. He's an R&B artist, and I think the performance is a much bigger part of it. That is 100%. very true. Singing yeah. plays much more into it, and yeah. your passion and emotion within your actual vocals plays so much into it. And I feel like uh, on top of just the low effort, just a low like stage presence in general. The stage wasn't very viewable to most of the crowd. You no, only saw them by the screen. Um, it was very clearly a stage setup that was thought of in minutes yeah. like literally 
Um, we literally went off stage at one point. All the transitions were terrible. That, that and that's one thing, and I noticed this recently. When we went to the Jid concert, he did really good transitions. And when I was watching the live stream of Dreamville, just how Drake would transition from song to song, even with the extra artists that he brought in, those things matter. No, they definitely it, do. They're huge. It, it helps the flow of the concert. Yeah, they absolutely. It do. does not break one song that is a slow R and B from a EDM rave song a couple seconds later. It just it, it doesn't work, and it it became to a point where. I felt like I played the vault. I'm so serious. I literally had this thought when I was laying there. I felt like I played shuffle on my large playlist, and it just was bouncing around. And I had no expectation for what was next or what was going to happen. It was a very unfocused performance. You know, from the... He brought out uh, a DJ that no one heard of for 15 or 20 minutes. Crystal Mess. Crystal Mess. Okay, Crystal Mess played songs by Calvin Harris... Ice Spice, and then he played No Church in the Wild to close out his set. Yeah, in the middle of Frank Ocean's yeah, set. Yeah, no, that that was a bizarre, that's a bizarre choice, and it's like, why? Why would you even do do that? <laughs> like, now something There's I thought such high expectations. Something I'm I sorry. thought could <laughs> because I'm using my one Fantano a week thing for this. I watched a Fantano okay. video about this, and he made a really good point. Where it was like, listen, here's the thing. He's like, I think fans are every right to be upset because this is clearly a very low effort production. This is clearly not very respectful to his relationship with his fans. But let's be realistic. A Frank Coachella set was not going to be like a typical Coachella set. And chances are a good amount of his fan base would have not liked it. Right? So... And I, I thought that going in. I'm like, there's going to be something. There's going to be something. I didn't think it would you be. You were ready for it. I, I didn't think there was going to be an entire career implosion. But, like. It's the meme. It's the, our expectations for you were low, but yeah. holy fuck. But, like, something I, <laughs> I mean, thought. yeah. Something I thought could happen was, do you guys remember in early 2020 when he was doing the prep shows? He was doing, like, live DJ sets in famous oh, gay I think bars I, yeah. across the country. I remember hearing about and it this. Was I didn't right, see any of them. And it was I, I didn't see any of them either. I don't think they or ever it. came here or anything. He did it like in New York and LA a few times. It was right before the pandemic. It was like in March 2020. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was in that run up where he released like uh Cayendo, Dear April, DHL. He released like those few loose yep. singles, right? Yep. We had a uh, whole thing planned out. I was yeah. like, this is the album cover, the squares on the bottom is each song. We something, were fully planning it out. Something I thought might happen is I thought he might do a, a set like that, where it was yep. more of a concrete focus. Because that's what I had heard about those, is that they were very focused, like house music sets, right, that he was doing. I hear they were incredible. Uh, and I'm like, that oh, like. Nice. <laughs> And, like, here's the thing. I think a lot of his fans would not have liked that. But I think, like, okay. But that's a level of abstraction I'm willing to give him. This, just a random 10-minute DJ set in the middle, is not. (laughs) It's really bad. And it looked bad. It felt bad. It it very very much felt like he was padding for time. And, Mm -hmm. like, I know people are saying. 
I know it could be very easy to get the impression that Frank sang for like five minutes. Uh, and I saw someone do the math on uh, the Reddit, and apparently he sang, if you round it up, like 41 minutes. And yeah. it's like, okay, that doesn't sound too bad until you realize he was supposed to perform for two hours. Like, And you realize what the tickets cost to go to Coachella, which yeah, is like exactly. and I think, the most premier expensive music festival that there is. Yeah, and that's mm-hmm. exactly another factor of it, you know? I think there are spaces where it's like, no, you got to let Frank be Frank. I think that's the album, right? When he yeah. when he's in the studio making the album on his money, you let Frank be Frank. But like when you're at Coachella on ours, there's certain expectations yeah. that you need to reach in, in reality. Yeah. And believe it or not, in terms of just giving him some freedom, there are some ways you can expand your performance. You, if for some reason he didn't want to do his own music or whatever was already out. The, his last song that he ended on was At Your Best by Leo. That is one of my favorite songs. He nice. actually like was singing to that song. I think that was the best part of the concert for me. Yeah. Like I was at a peak and then he did not say sorry. The music video you sent me said he said sorry. He did not say sorry. Well, th- he said I'm being told that we're hitting curfew. That's so the end of the that's show. That's the end of the show. And yeah. that was it. Yeah. No that apologies. That was the line Nothing. that he gave yeah. or gave the fans. Um, it's just I, I feel like everything that went into it, it anything that could have went wrong, did go wrong. It, it, and it felt it's almost to the it point where delicious. it felt like it was. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it was very much like a middle finger to the fans, and like, you know. On one hand, like, you want to say, oh, he was maybe giving a middle finger to Coachella, but, like, was he really? I don't see it that it, way. It's just, and there's no logical reason and, like, to why say would he? to give the and, like, middle. That's what I'm saying. There's no like, logical the reason. Point, even The whole point, like, when he talked about how he did it with his brother. And this, well, his brother. That's yeah, what I'm saying. Like, it doesn't make sense for him to want to do that. And, like, I will say this. The one thing, the one piece of grace I will give Frank. Because I had no idea about his brother until that night. Oh, and you didn't? I had no idea his brother died in 2020. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's why, he, why the album that's didn't why come he, out. That's yeah. why he backed out of doing the show in 2020. He rescheduled. I thought the show mm-hmm. in 2020 was canceled. The whole thing, I think, got canceled. Because his brother didn't well, die until August 2020. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, so so that's another thing. The whole You, you said yeah, you didn't I, understand the fuck Coachella, possibly. Well, the thing is, he was supposed to be in the 2021 and then try to reschedule. And then I guess they wanted him for the following year, 21, and he pushed it out to 23. And I think he was trying to get out of that contract to be yeah. in in the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I'll, I'll say this, right? As someone who has lost a brother, that shit fucks you up on a fundamental yeah. level. And it will do it for a decade, right? I'm going to let him take all his time on this album. I officially, like, I, I I do not want to use the fact that Drake, not Drake, Frank Ocean has not released an album in seven years against him now, knowing this, mm-hmm. right? I also don't think you have to. Like, I think there's plenty to criticize. <laughs> like, that's valid, right? I think there's plenty that he fucked up on. But I will say in that just one regard that, like, he's working on an album. He's being very vague with it. I'm going to give him his time. You know, I had no idea that it happened. I, you know, I looked it all up when I had heard, and then that that's where I land on that. 
I fully agree with that. And it could possibly play into the actual performance. You never know. Maybe he got to the city, got to Coachella, and a lot of memories hit him. It's hard to say. Yeah. Um. It, I guess it's just one thing to check in about mental health and things like that. Yeah. It's just certain expectations, I guess you can say, do play into account for this. Because, like, it, following up to all of this, this is all Sunday, and that's pretty much how I closed out. And it, we had a dramatic, <laughs> maybe two or three days, and then he drops out the second week. Yeah. It, is that worse than a bad performance? I'm just genuinely curious no, what you guys think. No, no. I, I genuinely would have been a lot more sympathetic to him canceling than mm-hmm. what he did. I yeah. feel like, yeah, I've been pretty quiet up until this point on my thoughts on this so i'm just gonna share with you guys real quick because i this entire fiasco fills me with rage like everything everything from the coordinated rollout with bmw usa showing the orange e30 rolling around the streets of coachella to him performing only novocaine from that entire project to him making a mockery of already established work with shit like that white Ferrari cut, like re- redo. I think that's mm. unfair. I don't like, think so. It was like a David Guetta version of white Ferrari. Why would you cheapen your art like that? I don't. Well, I don't think. Well, Kid Cudi plays the fast part of Pursuit of Happiness. I yeah, mean, it's up like, to the artist. No, I yeah, don't, but that's that. But I, 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 I see your time. point. That's no, of its time. He has I never performed this song before. That's I, what I'm saying. Is I like, get that. I get that. I don't think Frank Ocean can <sighs> disrespect Frank Ocean. I don't. Like, that's that's I fair. Didn't, I didn't. I, I don't think Frank Ocean can cheapen his own art. And like, look, I did not like that version of White Ferrari either. Yeah. Like, I I, I, I did not think that is how you should do that. I don't know. I but think it's I very possible for an artist to cheapen their own art. Yeah. Well. I, mean, I think I think it depends on how you you know what the lens is, what the, and I don't know if there was a contextual decision for doing it that way, mm-hmm. but like. To take a song that is has never been performed live, and the first time you perform it live, change it up in such a drastic way like that to make it something that it's not. And and this is a song that's been out for a while. It's a song that people have associations for and and appreciations for in its existing form. And to to totally subvert expectations, like I understand that being like his mo in a lot of ways as an artist and as a live performer. But but there is there. There is such a thing, I think, as going too far with it, just like the the set being the way that it was. And I think mm-hmm. in the context of this song, like, like, oh yeah, here's here's just like this complete. So here's something entirely different from from what you were effectively advertised, right? And I'm not saying that that he, he advertised that he was going to perform it a certain way, but the fact that this is an album that has never been toured sets up expectations that that album is going to be present in some form that people are expecting and i I don't think it's i don't think it's unreasonable for fans to have expected his material to be presented in a format that was more authentic to the frank ocean they've come to know that is the only one that's present in their lives because he as an artist is pretty much mia and and i don't know i mean like i felt that way personally i wasn't there like obviously people who saw it live might feel differently about it but Mm -hmm. I think in that way it is possible to cheapen the work because you are taking someone's you're you're taking the the, the only 
I guess, the only instance of media that you put out that fans know and contorting it in a way that is just completely not something that was ever considered. And and in that way, you're, you're never considered. like by the fans. Like, I don't think anybody ever expected an EDM rendition of White Ferrari to ever exist. Right. Sure, so sure, sure. What, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. What, what I'll say is this. I do not think fans expected this. And I, by the way, I do agree with you, especially if I was at the concert. If yeah. I was at the concert, I would have wanted to hear, hear the original version. And mm-hmm. I would have been upset if it wasn't, as I am upset now. Yeah. I will give him this, though. For that one specific song, that was his brother's favorite version. That's why. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't yeah. even know there were multiple versions. Cause no, no, no. I don't. I don't. Performed. Well, so <laughs> That's like, why I said I won't hold that against you at all. I don't yeah, hold that yeah. against you. I think that one specific like, song, I will give you that. But in terms of everything else you said, yeah. I do fully agree. Yeah, I do think like it is. Okay, cards on the table. I think in most spaces, I think fans are kind of over entitled. Uh, okay. I think hip hop is one of the better ones. I, I I genuinely do think that. Uh. And I don't think that's this case. I think the fans have many, many reasons to be upset. And I think, mm. like, you know, the 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 low effort and the just like the lack of just emphasis and like passion he put into it, I feel like that's part of the reason why they should be upset. You know, now I remember watching a video with like one of his producers, and I thought it was mostly coping. Right? Mm-hmm. It's a guy who worked on Channel Orange and Blonde, right? So mm-hmm. I think it was mostly coping because he's like, this was not the disaster people said it was. And I'm like, I don't know about that. But apparently, like, that's Frank's process. Like, he makes multiple different versions of al- of songs, right? And, mm. yeah, no. And, look, I-, I think the white Ferrari version was bad. <laughs> like, right. I, didn't he, like I actually just sent you the I just sent you the article. It actually speaks about the interview he had with his brother. He even told his brother he was like, he he said, "No, nah, not that version because it didn't bring me peace yet." So, yeah, it, it's true. Even Frank himself does not think this is one of the better versions. That's yeah. okay. So that that's that's fair. Um, yeah, and so, the other the other changes I felt like you know the pink and white version. Mm-hmm. I think is more closer to what I would say, like, oh, if you're gonna change your music, change yeah. it up, change it up like this, something yeah, that like that. catches people off guard but is recognizable. I do think like you're right, like you want to give them a show that they'll be happy about, and like this is not that. I just, mm-hmm. you know, I think one, I just think we should not assume what is more authentic to Frank. We don't know Frank. No, that's uh, that's fair. I yeah. guess I guess it's not so much what's authentic to him as what feels authentic to people who have an understanding of his music yeah and and what he the the face he's presented to the public um sorry i i have a couple more yeah i was about to say because i was gonna say i want you to get like your other points out before i bring up like the main thing i was gonna say yeah all right so so the other thing that i don't know i just don't understand with this whole thing is like there, there's, there seems to always be like one or two artists who come along once every 10 years or so who are just totally allergic to giving people anything that they want, right? And and Frank is obviously one of them, right? I, I think about contrast, right, to some of, some of the best live performances I've ever seen. Like when I saw, I don't know, Kanye Coloring Day or when I saw Green Day Live like two years ago, stuff like that. And it's like 
these are bands and artists and people who are willing to play their hits and like do great live renditions of them and everybody just has like a great feeling of like wow this is amazing you know this is the song i, I wanted to hear yada 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 and yet there's just this withholding effect it feels like for this set this whole set feels like it's withholding all of these things that people were excited about i don't understand the artistic reasoning for it i think it comes off as pretentious and i think the, the whole set kind of gives off that vibe in the sense that like here are these songs that you've never heard before so you can't vibe to them at a live event because you probably can't hear it all that well because it's mixed for live outdoor audio but here's a bunch of stuff that you know you're not going to know here's a dj set in the middle to make you think my performance is over oh and by the way i'm going to come back at the end and uh basically do these like shortened bad studio listening versions of you know nikes and knights which if it's a listening party call it a fucking listening party like donda and don't bill it like it's a show because it's not yeah. um that those last three are just that's un, yeah that's unforgivable right like yeah. just playing Honestly. your music and not performing that yeah. right there that's that is un untenable like there is but no excuse for it the ultimate song and this is like a fan gripe the ultimate song that i think would have complimented like being at coachella would be pyramids 100%. because yeah. It's, yeah. It's everyone big, said that yeah. it's expansive it's got the fucking guitar it's super like it's it what's the word it's like super reverb heavy so like it would work mm. in an outdoor sound setting and like there's just no there seems to be no interest in catering to what it would be like the popular taste obviously that's fine but at the same way, it, it, it feels like it's being done malignantly. Like, I, I saw footage from him performing pretty much, like, most of these tracks. He doesn't look like he wants to be there. No. Like, there's close-ups of his face on the Jumbotron, on, like, the, the big screen that they put up. And he looks like he's having a miserable time. And it really drives home the point. I feel like Frank Ocean has always been... I, I love his music. Like, he's one of my favorite artists. I feel like he's always been an artist who only ever made music for himself. And then, like, when he got famous, kind of just had to deal with it, but is not interested in being famous and not interested in engaging. If he feels very selfish in that way, as like an artist, well, in that well, he's just interested in it for his own, like, he I, puts out what he wants to put out, but it doesn't really matter if I people gotta, like it or not. I gotta interject there. Like, what's wrong with that, though? Well, nothing unless you agree to perform live. That's what I'm saying. I, okay. Yes. Yes. I, yeah. I'll, I'll get. I'll give you that. Yes. If you agree to perform live, you need to go and give them yes. a show. Yes. Yeah. Like, my thing, dude, though, is that, like, you can be I a think... recording artist and not perform ever, and that's fine. But if you yeah, are but... actually going out and taking people's money for something, you yes, should yes, give yes. them a fucking show. Yes, yes, yes. I, 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 get, I get that. Like, if you agree to perform live, you need to perform live. And this is what this barely even qualifies as that. No, right. Yeah. My thing is that, like, I don't think, like, that mindset of, like, Frank just. Cl because I agree with you. I agree with your position 100%. Frank just makes the music he wants to make when he right. wants to make it. He has yeah. no interest in fame. And it's and I'm like, well, I don't think there's anything wrong with that base modus operandi. No. I think like yeah. when you take money for Coachella and then expect everyone to buy $600 tickets and, right. and hotels and planes to get there. Okay, yep. now we're talking about there's some expectations you got to live up to. Right? I just think like... I don't I don't want to demonize that thing like that sure. that way of living because I yeah. think I think there's nothing wrong with it as a matter of fact I think it's probably the healthiest way to deal with this stuff. But then again mm. like there are plenty of artists who are a little bit more 
I don't know, like, uh, reclusive, but when they come out, they do a good job. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with there's nothing wrong with wanting to live privately and making yeah. the music that you want to make as true to your vision, but to have a live show that yeah. feels like a grift is yeah. not the way to go. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, I, I, I'm just super disappointed with so much yeah. about this. Well, like, and if you want, you're, you're with everyone else, <laughs> I feel yeah. like the only excuse for this kind of <clears throat> concert would be if it was free. Yeah, yeah, like I mean, if, yeah, yeah, like if you if someone if someone was like, hey. It's gonna be super hard to get tickets, but if you go on this website, you can get free Frank Ocean tickets. Then it's like okay, it'll be streamed for free. Well, yeah, like <laughs> that's you, the other if thing. You yeah. streamed it. Yeah, yeah. that's the other thing. The, the, the lack of streaming. Right. My question what? is, do, do you think he did not do the stream because he thought it was gonna be a disaster, or do you think it is just part of his? I think it's the mystique you. bullshit. I think it's the mystique bullshit. I makes I've, it so much worse. I have. I definitely think Frank made the decision. Yes. That, oh, for that sure. That is everything I have heard is that Frank made the decision. Yes. I, I got to know. I think either way it's bullshit, to be what honest with you. What fucking idiot who wrote this contract gave artists the option to opt out of the streaming that everybody else did? Like, seriously. I don't, I don't yeah, no, I don't have any idea how they would allow that. Yeah, it's, no, it, and it's just, to me, I know that they is... owed YouTube so much money. I know they owed YouTube so much money. Yeah, no. How is that allowed? It's, that, to it's me, insane. feels. To me, feels like he's the single most. Yeah, he is the single most like headlining artist that Coachella's had in years. Like the one that people are the most excited for, and for him being the big fish to be able to just pull out like that at the last second for no discernible reason. Like, there's got to be some kind of contract contractual uh, updates going forward to prevent shit like that from happening again because it's it's disgraceful. It makes a mockery of the festival. I'm I'm wondering, just curious, in terms of like how long we've been following Coachella, is this probably one of the worst? Maybe uh, top three. I'm hearing people say this is the worst headlining set in modern music ever. Yeah, I could. I mean, to be honest, it feels like everything else in 2023, where it's overpriced and it's basically, it, if it's not overpriced, it's a scam. Like it's it's just par for the course for like the quality of everything post. Post pandemic with inflation and everything else, know. it's like a reflection I, of how we're living. This is so right much now. worse. This than is so like much what we're seeing now. We saw Jay Cole we at least Blues get a, last yeah. year. It was not this. Like, it was insane. Oh, we and that's valid. A, yeah, you're you're gonna get good experiences. What I'm saying is like this this set this the way this played out feels like a reflection of what it's like to just live in this t- like period. I like guess. capitalism. Mm-hmm. Late just stage, general. late yeah, stage, yeah. like yeah. yeah, price increases and all that other yeah, BS. Late, yeah. Yeah, yeah. taking master, yada yada yada. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm curious, and, and I just wanted to leave this on a closing note because I th- I think we're all in agreement here that this is like unacceptable. Feels well, yeah, that... like a pretty big middle finger to the fans specifically, in a way that's egregious. You know, I I was I'm fully in agreement. I feel like a lot of people would agree with you in general. So I'm genuinely. I'm just curious because we've talked about this before on the podcast and we've questioned like, do artists owe anything to fans? And on the other angle, do fans owe anything to artists? And obviously like, I don't know if you want to say morally, right. But like the general consensus consensus is like, no, you don't owe anything to anyone as an artist or a fan. It's just like, where do you draw the line? 
you know that's what i was gonna like, say but like let's yeah. actually talk about it for a second because no. just in general i was thinking about this to myself earlier and like no, this is a relevant time to talk about it yeah this is, it's it's no. a real thing because you have on the other spectrum like i said you have frank ocean who hasn't done anything significant or impactful in years and yet your fan base would die for you it's, <laughs> like it's, like it in reality a, the most loyal fan base out there that I can think yeah. of. Um, and once you set that precedent of like, okay, I am now going to give back and I'm going to set a live stream or a concert or whatever. There's so many expectations that you need to realize that you need to hit. And uh, it, like I said, in terms of the other angle, even as fans, sometimes we might be too harsh on an artist. Yeah, Like there's so many artists. Eminem has fallen off. Drake has fallen off. They have both given us soundtracks to our lives. Yeah. So do we have more sympathy for, and honestly, never mind, yeah. or for whatever? Do you think it's now time to move the line? Well, I can tell you this much. I, I can tell you that whatever artists owe fans, it's more than what Frank Ocean gave the crowd at Coachella on Sunday. Right? Valid. Like, Valid. And I think I think it's another... And I do think it is a little bit different, right? Because like when I say... I'm going to bring up someone who's kind of like a bit outside of left field. But like when I say like fans make like very unreasonable things about artists, I think about someone like Taylor Swift and Harry Styles who are berated by their fans like daily about like things like who they're dating and their sexuality. And it's like, no, that's like a clear example of like, no, you're not entitled to that information. Right. Right. Like, but like if you pay a six hundred dollar Coachella ticket, I think you're entitled to a show. Like I think you're entitled to two hours of effort. Like mm-hmm. I and I know it's more than two hours to like rehearse and like plan everything. But I, I think you're you know so I, I think it's where we draw the line, you know. Yeah. I'm in agreement, Jasper. Do you have any thoughts at all? Yeah, I mean I know you're upset. <laughs> yeah, I think this whole thing is bullshit and I'm I'm so ready for artists to just like behave in a way that is conducive to a good live experience, just in general. Like if we talk about eat it all, that's what that was. But um, yeah, I feel like just like with the government and not that it's in any way the same thing, but an artist and fans kind of have a whole little, little social contract theory going on, right? Where it's like, yeah, well, you know, you buy my merch and you consume my media and I give you good media to consume and I come out and I do my little dance and yada, yada, yada. And I don't know, this just feels like such a break of that where it's like, not only because it's been such a long time, but because of the fact that obviously a lot of money changed hands for this to happen and then for it to be really snubbed at the last second very much feels like that sudden like a sudden 180 on the contract that frank would have had with his fans essentially um and i i I could see this i could see this completely damping or dampening expectations of of for a new album of whatever the hell it is where it's like i'll say this like frank has been my number one artist to see live for years he has been not, 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 not anymore, anymore right not, yeah not anymore. it's it's travis right? for me 
I'll keep it real. Like this is not this is not equivalent to like what happened with Kanye at the end of last year, where it's like I'm no. gonna stop listening yeah, to no, his music. It's not that bad. I'm not gonna stop listening to Blonde because I enjoy Blonde, right? Sure. But like, yeah, no, I'm do not. I, my hype for Frank Ocean as an artist, and frankly, my respect for him has gone has, exactly has taken a tumble. Right. Exactly. So for me personally, I'm no longer like like yeah, I'll listen to the existing stuff when I'm not in my feelings about it because I'm fucking irritated. Yeah. But um yeah, like I'm not excited for new music or whatever is coming next. Like it comes out Which when it comes so out, but crazy to but, say. but I'm but not real. like yeah, I'm not like oh, I can't wait for the next thing because what's to say that next project isn't going to be just loaded with disrespect like this set was. No, that's that's valid. I mean yeah, no, it, that that is going to be in the back of my mind, right? I'll say this, though, right, is there, there's no way he releases an album going forward, and I don't think, like, there's no way that – there's no way it's not in the back of my head that this could be as big of a disaster as the Coachella show, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. However, however, he gets that – if that first album that he puts out isn't a disaster, then it probably goes away, <laughs> <laughs> like Every I probably I, well I probably wouldn't I'm still probably not breaking my neck to see him live, but you know my I think it's possible it comes out and it's like oh his next album's of quality and it's like you know don't get me wrong I think like a lot of this stuff I th- I think a lot of this stuff just shows like Frank's honest discontent with his fan base. But I also think a lot of it is probably motivated by just like his demeanor and like his who like his personality. Yeah, I, it's I, like if you cultivate mystique, people are gonna get fucking excited because yeah. they, every every little thing you give them feels like so much more than it actually is. Yeah, and DHL only, is not a good is not that good of a song. No, and it's yet not. people were like tripping over themselves when that shit came out. No, Cayendo though, Cayendo's great. I mean, biking is like okay. Yeah. Um, it's all right. I mean, it's not like my favorite. It feels like an extra track. It doesn't feel like it has a place on like a project. Another song I'm very disappointed they didn't sing was Chanel. I love Chanel. Chanel would have banged. I think he actually he did a remix. I'm not joking. Yeah. I think he did a remix. Hold on. For me, I, I posted all the songs he did. Yeah. For me, the fact that Swim Good did not make this list is travesty. Yeah. He showed the car. The car was in the promotional materials. Do more than two songs off of Nostalgia Ultra, man, please. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he did another, Chanel, by the way. I just double checked, but it was a remix version. Another thing that I also definitely impacted my feelings on this. I've brought it up before, but I have a a close friend who works in the industry as far as like live music event planning and just event planning in general and logistics. And it takes like hundreds, if not thousands of people and tens of thousands of hours to put stuff on like this. And for him to suddenly scrap what was, I'm sure, months of work and planning at the last second Very to make it to, to put on to put on a half a half baked show that he wasn't passionate about delivering in the first place. Oh, fuck you. Oh, no, yeah. that's no, that's that's absolutely because, nothing but a fuck yeah. you to the to the actual working human beings. Who have to bust their ass to like get everything. exactly, and so many of these people who work in this industry rely on like your last. You're only as good as your last event, 
pretty yeah. much right where it's like you you can go to somebody and say i did this activation for this brand i did this thing for this group whatever and like these people who probably spent months and they got paid for it sure but they spent months of their time working on this project to have it be scrapped and not yeah. have like a finished result that like made headlines in a positive way for them to say like yeah i spent four months working on an ice ice rink for coachella that like didn't happen my you yeah. know yeah, no, it sucks for those people. Cause There's no like, words for those people, no, yeah. No. The only thing is that I think everyone knows how big of a disaster this was. There's oh. no hiding it. it it's, it's tough. All right. Do we want to talk about Yeet for a couple minutes? Yeah, let's let's do, do, talk about something positive. We've had AI and we've had Frank Ocean. Everything's been sad. So you guys want to go see Yeet. Let's talk about a live performance that doesn't make us all cry and scream and cry. Yes, I'll be glad to talk about it. Yeah, so, I, I I did not go because I I have probably listened to Yeet actively <laughs> more than anyone else who is probably not a fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I have my criticisms of him, but here's the thing, right? I think he hits that hype energy really, really hard. I think one of the reasons why I'm not a big fan of his is because, like, when you listen to it, like, through the album, like, in my earbuds, like, when I'm working or playing a game or whatever just kind of all feels the same but i can see that hitting really hard live mm-hmm. right i think a lot of my criticism of ye as an artist like as a recording artist i don't know where jasper went <laughs> like, yeah we good basically my point is i think a lot of the critic i think a lot of the valid criticisms i have of ye as a recording artist do evaporate in the context of a live show right and I, I wanted to know, is that the case? Um, I, I think I would agree with that because I know we, we've kind of talked about Yeet a little bit before the concert and how some of the issues with the album, when you have all of your music sounding the same, all of it being hype. Yeah. It and it's just like a very fades. specific. Right. You know, it's not like I've only heard Die Lit from Playboy Cardi. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, Playboy Cardi is like it, he's fairly dynamic. He's he is very like one note in a way, but he is like <laughs> hyper focused on a specific a specific tone of specific vibe. Right? right. And I will say he has I think maybe one song that's not super lit, and it's his most popular song. Which one is that? Out the way. Okay. Well, because that I one's mean, pretty low key. That one's got the lyrical lemonade video where everything's like falling. Yeah. I would believe it honestly. In in terms of how it translates to like a live performance, yeah. the energy was crazy. Yeah, like and honestly, for me personally, that's what made the show. I went to Yeet. Jasper's actually the one that invited me to go. Um, obviously, I I heard all his music. I enjoyed what I had so far. So I was like, let me go see it live. And, like, not that he was bad in any sense. He actually, speaking on what we were speaking about earlier, he does do a lot of ad-libs. He doesn't really rap all of the lyrics necessarily. But it wasn't even about him at one point. It was about the crowd. Like, just seeing everyone there go crazy underneath that same type of music. I've seen videos of him performing live before we did this. I'm like, I mean, you can't say he's not putting in effort. Like that's, oh, yeah. I think he, that's a, I think that's friend. a clear thing, right? I I definitely think he has like a stage presence, 
Yes. Like he's putting on a show. Right. He is, he is doing the thing, the exact thing that I think Greg Ocean did in it. <laughs> the w- fact that he is willing to wear a full face mask for the entire hour and that's 20 it. minutes that he's up there is enough to, is more yeah, dedication than was put into that entire Frank set. That's, that's, that's discipline. <laughs> like a full balaclava. My, my one, my one question for you guys that might come across a little critical or, is, were there any moments of the concert that weren't hype? Because granted, like my experience with Yeet is somewhat limited. But to me, it does feel like going to a Yeet concert and being like, oh, it was so hype, is almost like going to a Metallica concert and being like, oh, it was so loud. And it was like, yeah, like, <laughs> that's hey what now. It is. The obvious happened. Hey, now. Yeah, <laughs> Fade like, to Bla- Black has a calm intro. <laughs> Fade to Black is one of my favorite songs of all time. You will put respect on its name. But, no, I love that. That's yeah. what I'm saying. It's like but it's got like, that kind of dynamic lead it, up into the chorus. Just because it's clean doesn't mean it's quiet. Uh, yeah. like, <laughs> like, I uh, mean, in but terms like, of you sing. and like, look, I, I do think like cards on the table. I think like that kind of, if there's any idiosyncratic sound you could have that can carry a live show, that's that's it. But I'm asking, like, were there any dynamics to it? Yeah, I think there were. I mean, there were songs. There were songs that were definitely, I think, a little less popular that may have been in the same vein energetically, but because the crowd didn't either know them as well or didn't resonate yeah. with them as much, it created lulls. So there yeah, were cool. there were times for that. And the other thing that is a benefit is that a lot, like a lot of other rap shows, he's only doing like maybe half the song in terms of like actual time length yeah. before it transitions into something else or they do a cut and they like... Yeah, he's not mm. doing full cuts like Jid and Talk Smino. to the crowd. No, yeah, it's but, fair. It's but fair I, I would definitely say, like, I would give someone like Yeet, uh, like, plenty of leeway on that. Like, Oh, no, for sure. Especially I, if he's putting in the work that it seems like he is. Yeah. Like, yeah. so, uh, fuck, I had something I wanted to say, but it disappeared completely. So go on, Jeffrey. I was just going to say that, like, yeah, the fact that they are, the songs are cut up a little bit, uh, mixed with help. the... Yeah, mixed with the fact that there is a no. like a sprinkling of songs that people don't know as well means that there are dynamics for the crowd. It's not just like yeah. full rage fest the entire time. Yeah, that, and, that's, gonna... and that's mm-hmm. totally fair because like I would say the music is the most important part of a live show, but it's not the only part. Like there yeah. are other aspects that can be more that you can use to bring dynamics into the performance, and I think that's a great example. Yeah, I think there needs to be a certain level of energy aside from just the music being performed. Because, like, it can't. It varies. Yeah, because anything that's, like, going, like, a certain vibe and, like, just hitting that, like, "Mm," that's just going to turn into noise eventually. Right? So you want to make sure there's, like, some kind of, like, deviation. And, Mm. like, doing that with the crowd is going to accomplish that. Yep. (laughs) It gives people enough time also to, like, catch their breath catch their breath because that like you said just like you said there's lulls within the concert there was one point where some guy don't know who it was was next to me and like i personally didn't know the song but to be fair may not have known like half the lyrics at the concert um (laughs) but like everyone else there like dies by it and even he was like man he needs to play some more beat and as soon as he said that it cut and it was like let's go and so like it, it has to work within that kind of dynamic. We're like, okay, yeah. let's relax. And also on top of that, just in terms of like safety reasons, because it's, it's becoming much more 
real due to Astro World. But like the, the please move back sign. The, yeah. it, it's serious how like you have to give people yeah, a warning no. in a second to gather themselves because we started off in the back and we were not trying to make it to the front. By the end of the concert, we were literally like almost front row yeah. because the people in the front had to like cycle. Yeah, yep. no, that, to the back to like that get air. Very similar thing that happened at my chem. The only thing is that like my chem was like a field of like, you know, right. Aragon ballrooms. I think like five thousand people. You know, yeah. Riot mm-hmm. Fest is like thirty. Like yep. so, it's just it's much larger. <laughs> and yeah. yeah, but like that just seems to be a nature of the beast kind of, especially an artist like that. It was yeah. um, I I will say. I learned from that concert that I'm. Must know at least like eighty percent of the artist songs. Yeah, no, it's for always like very awkward. Concert. I mean, it, it's happened to me a bunch of times where I just don't know every word. Yeah, but no. like then you just kind of have to like listen. Like it, it gets so tough for me because like like and, you said, he's going to do the most recent album yeah. as well. So it actually was hard for me to decipher because like obviously these most of these are TikTok songs, so I recognize the most trendy part. Because it's so blended together, I sometimes miss like the trendy part of like the song. So like it, it just kind of like melts together for me. Yeah. And like if I know the actual songs, it gives me an opportunity to like decipher between what's what. Yeah. Yeah. No, I recognize that. I definitely feel that. Especially like someone like him, where it's just like it's gonna be going, and it's gonna just be hitting that sound, like getting breaks within the performance is definitely going to be for the best of everyone involved. Mm-hmm. Now, how yeah. long How long did he perform? It was like an hour and ten. Yeah, it wasn't long, believe it or not. But, but for it was a artist, perfect length in my opinion. But like, yeah, no, for I an artist with a lesser, I think, variance in terms of, or like a lesser variety in terms of the, the tra- fan tracks yeah, that they he's make. Just not, he's just that's, not as dynamic. I was expecting it to go on for less. I was expecting forty minutes. Yeah. Yeah. No, when I, I mean, saw when uh, I saw uh, Cardi, it was like that was like an hour, and and that was like most of whole lot of red. Yeah. So. I don't know. The Argon this time wasn't as good, in my opinion. Really? Like the, once yeah, you get inside, the energy was nice. The the energy was dope once you get I, in. I love the yes. Argon. I've been there for every different kind of show. And I don't know. There, there was an hour wait to get inside, which I mean, I, I get it. That does happen sometimes. That were, was like really bizarre. They, they didn't have the earplugs and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I wonder. I wonder why because younger crowd. That's younger all. crowd, and also his whole thing is the face mask, and they don't allow. Face and they, and they were like, no face coverings, yeah. no face coverings whatsoever. Just because the like, amount of people that had beanies and they uh, made them roll it down just the, to see if it was a. Balaclava, whatever no, it's that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Just okay. That'll be completely real. It just it feels like the audience for Jid and Spino might be someone who t- might be people who typically get scrutinized a little bit more. Like, you think so? Mm-hmm. I'd say it was. Pretty... Oh no, no no! I know why you're saying that. Actually. Yeah, and I, I yeah. It. Like it was, you, you get what yeah, I mean. Okay. Like it was. I was I thinking about the know. age thing. You were talking about the race thing. Yeah, I'm talking I don't about... know. I, I feel like Jinspino was probably what sixty forty non-white, at least. Oh, well, I would say I, it was like seventy thirty. Seventy thirty. Yeah. Okay, because because I I feel like, I feel like it was like fifty fifty, non-white for for this one. There were. I saw a lot That's of kids there who were. That's a lot more than I thought. 
I saw That's a lot, a lot of kids more everywhere diverse than I, I thought it would be. I, I saw a I lot of Latino kids, like, a lot of other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I will say it was 50-50, but saying it's 50-50 doesn't mean much because they all come from the same areas. I, uh, I feel like in terms of... To me, to me, like, do you know who I thought he was going to have a very... <laughs> White, black, Hispanic on the podcast. All yeah. kind of similar yeah, upbringings. No. Uh, <laughs> suburbs, motherfucker. No, I'm kidding. No suburbs here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know who I thought he was gonna have a very similar uh, audience to is Brockhampton. Yeah, yeah, that's like, what I was bringing up before like, as well. Age, like, and like, yeah, like he's definitely he definitely has a much younger crowd. We and were like, the old people. Yeah, no, we were young. Yeah, so that's another reason why I didn't go. I'm 30. I don't need to be. <laughs> there was, there was this one guy who started talking to Purvis who was definitely like 35 it was like him and his wife or something were there and we were like in the crowd and they i think they could tell that we were older and they like started talking to purvis <laughs> i just don't understand people always come up to they me. always do it's always me bro they like why do. you're just so you're friendly just, and approachable just, i'm literally just standing big, there i have like the meanest son. face they also would they also need to prove to the world and themselves that they're that not racist valid a big black grizzly man like why do you want to come up to talk to me I, mean, I grew a beard so people stop talking to me like i i'm trying to develop an accent i just don't know which one would be most effective i think I'm go going, for irish people i think i'm going it. middle eastern like oh eastern. no in america that's great yeah, yeah canceled like, <laughs> yeah. wait we gotta stop hey we gotta stop like, before we immediately we, this was the first episode. There was no revolution. We didn't dive off a cliff. Yeah, no, I'm not on to end on the right note. I'm not on Twitter anymore. So if I ever think of like a really unhinged tweet, I just send it to my girlfriend. And like yesterday, I'm like, I have a bigger tweet. It's like, yeah, I'm something of a secular Islamist. It's like calls friends Habibi. Like, so like, I do something. I do something extremely similar with my girlfriend, except a lot of times it's about like sexuality because. Mm -hmm. I'm a straight white guy and she is bi and so or like queer. And so I'm like, you should tweet this. And I sent her some stupid tweet that I thought up where it's like a, a pun about, Oh, one of the ones that I had was like, we shouldn't allow children to see drag shows because it sets the expectation that people tip well, mm. like shit like that. That's funny. Okay. That's funny. <laughs> That's it's like, I just don't think they should be doing drag races inside. Like, <laughs> how could they even fit the track in? And I don't think people should be concerned with methane. That's, the accent, that's yeah, the accent like, you have to go for right there. That's the only accent I could do. I call it Union Guy. Like, it reminds me of Union Guy. It reminds me of Union Guy. What are they selling? Chocolate. <laughs> that's like the voice I look like I should have. Like Copyright strike from Nickelodeon. Yeah. <laughs> um, Oh, so I just want to wrap it up. Like, would you guys like give this show like a grade? Like, okay. Or do you, do you think like, maybe that's a little passe with shows? I don't know. I don't know what you guys think. I mean, we normally give grades to things. We can yeah. do yeah, a grade. I feel like I feel like shows are gradable. Um, yeah. The only problem is kind of like albums. I feel like it changes over time. Yeah. And the thing in about the shows, in the it, moment, like, yeah. The thing solid. about shows is that like the memories you make from it are sometimes completely independent from, and that's yeah. what you take with you, right? The show is really only there in the moment. So Frank Ocean was an F. <laughs> oh, I, I, mean, I, 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 I
I'd give him an F. Okay. Yeah, I would. Oh. F is for Franco. <laughs> oh my God, that's Franco. the name of the episode. Like, <laughs> no, I think it should still be the the real clickbaity Frank Ocean mid exclamation point no. question mark with like the all caps mid. No, F is for Frank Ocean has to be that that could be the thumbnail. Uh, <laughs> it's got to be like like a, a like a close up thumbnail. Brain, like, oh no! All capital letters. Everyone, everyone, do a YouTube thumbnail face. <laughs> All right, I'm expecting you to zoom in on yourself. I'm gonna do it. With on that. You, if you want, to, if you want veto over the thumbnails, do them. Like, <laughs> oh my god. So, what, what grades you guys give Yeet? Yeah, we all we all give Frank Ocean enough. Like, uh, Yeet, I would give, I'll give Yeet like a B plus, just because ah, I, I, I feel like I don't know him enough, but the energy was great. Yeah, his presence was great. B plus or A minus. He actually yeah. performed for like a decent length of time. He yeah, no, an hour, an hour's a lot for that. Like yeah, I would say like he's young, like you know. But yeah, no, I, I think for that kind of music, I just think like it gets old. Like an hour and a half of that sounds like torture. Dude, he's <laughs> young, he's younger than all of us. That's insane. I know he is. I yeah. know. I don't like looking at stars younger than me because I question what I was doing at the age. I was doing nothing. Yeah, <laughs> so I'll tell you what I was doing at this age. I was funding loans. Yeah. Um, but yeah, super solid. I'd say like B plus, A minus, somewhere in there. Just like for what he has to work with, he did a lot. I think the graphics also. That's were a good point. Really That's great. A good point. Yeah. All of the 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 imagery was awesome. Like really nice set design. Just like simple yeah, show. That's actually very nice. Yeah. He he didn't rely on an opener and he didn't bring anybody out. He didn't need to. He just he fucking made everybody jump up and down. That was his thing. All right. That's, that's all we needed. Yeah. Should we do recommendations? Let's do recommendations. I told you guys in the in the thing that my, one of mine <laughs> yeah. is a little bit. Um, do you think that should go first or last? It's up to you. I've no, I'm asking you guys. I was like, I don't know. We can save it for last. We'll end the podcast on your okay, little cool. bit. <laughs> okay, cool. I think you guys are going to enjoy it. Like, Okay. Well, I'm ready okay, then. Go, go, do your thing. Uh, the first one, I'm going to do Black Party, a song called More Than You Know. Absolutely phenomenal song. I highly recommend it. I don't have any crazy backstory to it. It just came off my eye shuffle list, and I think it's really good. Hell yeah. Jasper? I am going to go with, let's see. My first one is going to be Encore by Digitalism. And it's a sweet, fully instrumental. Uh, I guess it's yeah, it's an EDM. I'd say like solidly EDM, not really dubstep, but like just nicely in the kind of like instrumental. I guess, I don't even know if it's really house, but yeah, it's just just a solid EDM track. I really like it a mm. lot. I've been listening to it for a long time. It's part of a um, like a soundtrack that I got familiar with, so I really enjoy it. Um, Probably now ten years or so, and nice. I keep coming keep, keep coming back to it. So interesting. All right, all right. Might have to check that out. All right. So my first one, Purvis, like you, uh, the the soundtrack to the last year of my life has been Griselda, yeah. and <laughs> this song came on just shuffle the other day, and like I was laying, like my they head, all hit. my my head in Rachel's lap, like reading a book and like smoking a joint and Vogue cover by West Side Gun and Stove God Cooks came on and I was just like 
Mm-hmm. I'm recommending Vogue cover by West Side Gun and Stove Guy Cook. I, I just know you were. <laughs> I felt like I was in, in that moment. Show. You were at peace. I felt in like that I moment. was in like if we got hired to like remake The Sopranos, <laughs> uh, that would be like a scene in it. It was. I was like, this is, this is my life, and it's incredible. I appreciate that. I, I actually like that. Put the work on the Vogue cover. That's West Side Gun's entire thing, right there. So efficient. Like <laughs> it's all we need in life. Let's be honest. <laughs> that efficiency. <laughs> well, he he's coming out with some. Oh, I didn't even mention it. I think he's coming out with some this year, um, I, in the summer. Yeah, he said it's gonna be his like last thing. He said he's retiring, but we'll see. Please no, Jesus Christ. No, West Side, we need you. <laughs> um. What I'll do then, my second song, I finally, <coughs> finally, finally got around to the most recent release um, of Mac Miller's discography. Um, when the estate put on I Love Life, Thank You, uh, the song, The Scoop of Heaven, on The Scoop on Heaven, I think it's a really great song. It's a really dope interpretation of like how he kind of views death and the afterlife and things like that. And I love discovering some more Mac Miller that I just missed in the past. Mac Miller, man. He, one of the greats. One of the greats. Absolutely. Jasper? My next one is going to be Whole Lot of Lovin' by Mustard featuring Travis Scott. And this song is one of those where it's a really, really rare occurrence where Travis is featured on a song that he doesn't completely take over. Yeah. So Very true. We've I don't know if you about... are you both familiar with this one. I'm looking no, at it right now. No. I haven't heard this before, which is surprising. It's dope. It's it's also like a very kind of EDM style song, and he just does all the lyrics for it, and it sounds really good. Like I really really enjoy his kind of little auto tune bit on there. Super yeah. solid. I'm listening right now. He look. He sounds like Future. I can. I can see that. Interesting putting it over the beat though. Yeah, like it, when you go to the when you go to the chorus where it builds up and then does yeah. the like it does like a cascading down like the 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 chorus it's it's really nice. But all right, all right, all right time for my little bit. Okay, so all right, let's hear it. Okay, so needless to say, I'm having a bit of an existential crisis about like what I about the the thing I do that helps me define who I am, which is writing, right? I know I harp a lot on this show about, like, well-written songs, and I thought, like, okay, what I want to avoid is falling into the trap of just calling things I like well-written. So I wanted to, like, have a series of, like, a way to, like, process it out, right? And I didn't want to think about it in terms of, like, a rubric because that's just not how my brain works. So I instead thought of it almost as, like, essay prompts. I kind of have three. Right, and I think like if you can digest all of these, like you can kind of arrive at your feelings on how well this song is written. And I think one, you start off like, what's the point of view, the big idea, the concept? Like, what is the song about? What's the point? Right. Okay. And then on the other hand, there's how is this song? How how are the lyrics functioning like as poetry? Like on a surface level. Um, like how are they, how how lyrical are they? Because they're lyrics, after all. Like they're meant to work with music. On this surface surface level, how are they functioning? Okay. And then finally, 
how do these two things relate to each other and do they and do they make it stronger or not right so it's just like these three criteria obviously it's very subjective everyone's going to have different opinions on what these kind of be but i think like this is a good way to like boil it down right so i'm thinking about this and i've been thinking about this for the last few weeks and i'm hit with a song and i got to say i think this in the decade it was released, is probably the best written song released. Okay. Uh, and I think if you put it through this test, like, I, I think it holds up. So I want to recommend The Weeknd by SZA. Interesting. Yeah. No. Because, like... Eh. I did not expect that. Yeah, no. Because think about it. Like, there's the big concept, right? It's about appro- It's about being the other woman. It's about approaching the woman in a relationship. Right, it's about this kind of thing that is s- such a cultural thing that happens, infidelity, that like everyone has a touchstone for it. Mm-hmm. And then like you listen to it, it's like poetry, right? It, 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 like the lyrics on like a lyrical level are right. sublime, right? Mm-hmm. And I think this is why it's an interesting one to like bring up with the writing test. Because there's the third question, right? How does the concept and the lyrics, like, work together to, like, reinforce each other? And the thing is, I don't, like, is it ironic? Is it detached? Is it, like, doing something? And the thing about this song is I don't think she is doing anything. I think it's very direct. Mm-hmm. Right? I don't think she is, like, playing with, like, the relationship between the lyrics and the concept. I think it's very direct. And what I think that accomplishes is a sense of intimacy, which clearly, like, would reinforce the concept that she's talking about mm-hmm. right so th- just revisiting this song this whole album was just a treat travis uh, jasper brought up a travis scott feature this album has the best travis scott this, feature. yeah love, love galore. galore is the best travis scott feature like, <laughs> of all uh, time so I, mm, I i'd say it's up there with take what you want take what you want is very good i'll give him that but debatably not the best feature on that song uh on that album? Uh, on that song. I think Ozzy Osbourne oh, really well, actually sure. pulled it out. Uh, sure. Like, I was very criti- I was very skeptical of that combination of artists, and I actually... It worked. They it did worked. It work. I like that song way more than I ever should, because yeah. I'm not a big Post Malone <laughs> fan. I think Ozzy Osbourne's overrated, and I like Travis yeah. Scott a lot, but I'm not generally a fan of his features. Yeah, but yeah I, no. definitely, I definitely prefer his pre-Malone era. Yeah. But yeah, no, so that's The weekend, And, like, I think... Yeah, this is I mean, it, it's... It's interesting the way you broke it down because I'm thinking about it now. I've been listening to it, and in terms of the third prompt or the third part that yeah. you said, it does feed into each other. Like yeah, it does. The like, actual purpose and yeah. message of the and song. Like, look, it's not. It's very simple. It's very simple. It's very direct. It it's is. not something very flashy, but it it works. And like obviously, like we're in a genre. You know, last week I recommended six foot seven foot. It's not really a <laughs> concept to that, but like. We can also talk about how, like, genre expectations would, t- you know, affect this. You know, this is mm-hmm. just, like, my personal way of working out my feelings on how something is written. But, you know, yeah. this is the process I go through. Because, like, you know, I want to be conscious of my own biases. No, I understand that. I'll, honestly, going forward, like, listening to certain songs, at least for the next week, I'm going to think about the prop and actually, yeah. like, consider if it's a good song. I can right. write it down in the if you want for sure yeah. i mean it it does work very not that 
not to diminish this song or anything like that, but it does work very easily for this song because like it, it sounds like a poem. Yeah. And like yeah. a lot of times when you read a poem, it's very centered around love and things like that. Yeah. So yeah. It and does like, work. I think the thing is it also has that unique concept. I think it's a take mm-hmm. on it, like a take on that kind of story that I think was revolutionary at the time. For sure. Yeah. And uh, speaking of lyrics that I'm very excited about, Next week, okay. we're celebrating our thousand. Oh, yeah. We are. Is this little, the teaser to next week? Yeah, we're going to be doing Run the Jewels, too. The, in my top That's, that's the one you decide in the second one? Yeah, Run the Jewels, okay. too. 100%. Uh, I, I would say if you, if you have the time, if you're interested, also listen to Run the Jewels 1 at least once. But mm-hmm. not necessary. I'm probably going to listen to all four. <laughs> yeah. and, th- and do one thing I do ask. Do one listen where you're where you're reading the lyrics alongside it because it's dense. Okay. It's a it's an album that like I am I was parsing I, I I'm still parsing apart like some of the lyrics to it, so I feel like if we're gonna give it its due in a week. It I think hip hop. The lyrics matter. <laughs> yeah. Well, this one specifically, you know, like mm. th- I think this is probably gonna be the most lyric focused album we've covered since. Um, Forever story. Get mad city or something. <laughs> I was gonna say forever story or Mr. Morale. Oh well, fair enough. You know, I would say they're about jids like as lyrical as these guys. For yeah. sure. Yeah, I would say. So nice. yeah, hell of a right, show! Well, wow, we've made it. We got through everything. Two and a half hours. We, we did do a four twenty bit. Yeah, no, we didn't. <laughs> well, that's because Frank had to destroy his entire career. Yeah, like no. if Frank would have just—that was his fault—and that's really the thing he robbed us of. He robbed us of the first unpaid nobody's 420 special. I guess next year <sighs> we'll actually be releasing on 420. So it's probably will be when he'll yeah. actually drop an album. <laughs> don't hold your breath. Yeah. Don't anyway, hold yeah. No, we're, I, we're done. <laughs> I, I will get Winds of Winter before we get. <laughs> and on that note, good night, everybody. Bye.